No. Oh, if only I could do the best show on a night like this. Oh, but I can't. I can't. I just can't. It's not happening. Wait, what is it happening? Pat, Pat, You're Pat. live. You're live. We're live. Well, how about that? It is happening. Dreams do come true on the best show. And this is kind of our new version of the best show where it's less about what we've done on the best show for the last 38 years and more like that Richard Simmons show where he made your dreams come true. Remember that show where somebody would go on and be like, I need a truck and they'd cry and then he'd go, here's a truck. And then they'd have a new truck. And that's what we're doing here. Except there will be zero trucks given out tonight. Uh, zero, anything given out tonight outside of the one million laughs that you will get in this episode of the show. Literally one million laughs guaranteed. If you get less than one million, I don't know what to tell you. Actually, I don't know. If you don't get one million, go take it up with, uh, your, your pastor. I don't know what to tell you with your, your, uh, your parishioner or your, your, uh, someone of the cloth who can help guide you through this crisis. But tonight on the best show, no more of this Hugh Grant styled mumbling. <laughs> Who's the best mumbler ever? Should that be the topic tonight? Actually, Hugh Grant's a pretty good mumbler. Ben Stiller. Oh, everybody does that. Newhart. Newhart's a good mumbler. Yes, Bob Newhart, great mumbler. Owen Wilson. Sure, Owen Wilson. All the part of the all-time uh, mumble mumble club. <laughs> and uh nothing from Dudio, eh? No mumble. Mount Rushmore. No mumble. I don't like to make fun of the way people mumble. You know, I was I'm a mumbler. mumbler. I'm a mumbler. You can say I mumble. Mike Lisk. There you go. There you go. I've been told I mumble. Mount Mumblemore. Mount Mumblemore. <laughs> AP Mike, <laughs> Owen Wilson. But it's, it's a, com- it's a comedic device. It's a comedic device. Look, I've been known to, I've been known to mutter under my breath, have people hear me and be like, did you say something? What? Wait, was I, was that, you could hear that? Ah, oh, there's a story about that in my book. It never ends coming out later this year. Boy, oh boy, you're going to, that's going to be a thrill and a half when you read that story about me thinking I'm have an internal monologue going and I'm saying it out loud. Ay ay ay, the stories. The stories in that book this July through Abrams Books. Get ready, it never ends until it does end when the book comes out, then it begins. And what begins then? The annoying promotion. Yeah, you're going to barf when you hear how much I promote this thing. You're going to puke your guts out. But you know what's going on tonight? We're not talking about Mount Mumble more. Because I think we figured it out already. It's Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, AP Mike, uh, uh, Newhart, and uh, Hugh Grant. And maybe Ben Stiller. But Hugh Grant definitely over Ben Stiller. Those are the greatest mumblers in all of America. Wait, how'd Mike end up on that list? 
self-promoting. Yeah, little, stick. <laughs> little, little PR I slipped in there. Yeah, jump in the line. <laughs> Talk about jump in the line. Yeah, Owen Wilson, Bob Newhart, AP Mike, and Hugh Grant. Wait, who's that? Backup one. Who, uh, Bob Newhart? Uh-huh. No, no, who's that other guy you said in between Bob Newhart and Hugh Grant? Uh-huh. Who was that? Oh, AP Mike. Yeah. All right. Tonight's topic is dumb luck, and I want to hear the things that happened to you, the dumb luck where you avoided tragedy or uh, or a disaster thanks to good old-fashioned dumb luck. And we're going to talk about that and so much more tonight. Pat, am I playing the theme? Go, On. Go for it. Am I? Yep. You want me to play it? I'd love it. The. I'll play it if you want me to play it. Best. Just say the word, Pat, and it's going to be on my end. Show. Go. Everybody, and guess what? It's the best show. And Pat, you want to hit that bed music for me? I'm not even going to play a record because we got to get into it and we got a show to do. I ain't playing no music in the front. I'll play some music later. Welcome, 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 my friends. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's the best show. Three or so hours of mirth, music, and mayhem brought to you by me, Tom Sharplin, currently doing the show from the Los Angeles area, and I am enjoying it. And uh, once again, I wish my friends in the great state of Texas, uh, I hope everybody's okay. I hope Coop's... Uh, 
stickers are dry and and warm. I hope everybody's safe. Hope uh, record stores are good and all that, and everybody's okay. Because I worry about that, and I want to just say. I am not from Texas, but I voted for Ted Cruz in every election uh, possible. I maintain a separate residence in uh, El Paso so that I can pull the lever for that great man in in anticipation of the day where I get to walk into a voting booth in any state in the country and vote for him as president. Could you imagine him as president? I can't even joke about it. Can you imagine Ted Cruz? President Cruz. Yeah, yeah, he's so bad. Cause he got busted. He went, uh, he went to Cancun and he got caught and he's so, he's so wildly unlikable that his neighbors, his friends and neighbors literally snitched out on the, uh, the group text. They, they turned it over to the press. So the people could see that he was planning on ducking out him and his family. Um, uh, you imagine him as pregnant. He would just like, like Ted, Ted Cruz is a guy who you could just picture. How many times do you think in his life he was like, Hey, give it back. Just give it back. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? How many times did people do why you hitting yourself to, to Ted Cruz throughout his life? Why are you hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself. Why don't you stop hitting yourself? I'm not. You're taking my hand and hitting me with my own hand. Why are you hitting yourself? Has anyone ever done that to you, uh, Jason? Dudio Gore? No, none of the physical bullying ever really happened for me. It was more mental bullying for me. Mental? What do you mean, like like telekinesis? Yeah, it was all telekinesis. It was a lot of floating. Suddenly, suddenly, (laughs) a a boxing glove flies across the room and then punches you. It's just like, yeah, so... Yeah, I guess that's, well, oh, you mean, you mean words, not, not, not extra sensory, <laughs> like something with powers of, to move, to alter time and space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't get like a swirly or a purple nurple or any of that stuff when I was a kid. You ever I witnessed a lot of things. things? You ever... I, I never gave any. No. You were not a bully, eh? It was not a bully. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, do you think Pat was a bully between you and I before we bring Pat in on this discussion? I don't think so. I don't think he. I don't think he was. He was probably the guy that stepped in, like, "Hey, back off, be cool." I could picture Pat being a be cool guy to, Total. to yeah, because Pat's a Pat's a cool cool guy. He's 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 got style and panache, and every he's the guy everybody likes. Pat. He's Pat's. He stands up for the everyman. Yeah, he stands up for the everyman. Pat? Yeah. Were you ever, were you ever, did anybody ever do stop hitting yourself to you? Definitely my older sister. Like she would be, 
she would have your hand and be punching yourself with your own hand and tell you to stop hitting yourself. Slapping, probably, but yeah. Stop slapping yourself. Yeah, I mean, well, she was saying hitting, but, I, but you know, the hit was a slap. Mm-hmm. Um, she hit me and it felt like a slap. Great reference. There you go. There you go, Phil Spector fans. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. Yeah. Lyrics Monster. of all time. Yeah, probably her and maybe like an older cousin. Nobody, nobody in like a school scenario, I don't think. And I just want to say this about before you go on with this, Pat. What this Phil Spector did, I could have done that. Gave me like 14 records. He, he made, look, John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band's a great album. But what did he do? He showed up and he's just like, yeah, keep it simple. They're just like, yeah, it's just going to be guitar, drums, and bass on this. And he goes, all right, well, let's record it uh, for guitar, drums, and bass. And, oh, this song's going to have some piano on it. Okay, so that thing, that thing produced itself. But the other things, I could have done those. Be my baby. Say, give me some castanets. And I'll offer this right now. Any musician... I know you gotta, you gotta have some clout though. You gotta have some clout. Any musician of, with clout, you want me in the studio. I'll, I'll come in and produce your record, but I'm going to produce it the way I want. Get ready. But you, you make your offers. I'll come in. I'll do it. I'll get you a hit. Get you a hit record. So Pat, as you were saying, Sister would do that to you. Yeah, probably. But now you, an older cousin, maybe too. I don't know. Now, though, a, a, a Pat at his high school sees some sees like a, a a a nerd getting picked on. Yeah. What does what does that Pat do? <laughs> I'd give him I'd give him the the quick, short, dad voiced, hey, you know the the shouting of the hey. From across the room, mm-hmm. you know, the very short, you know, I have a dog, so I've been able to practice the dad voice. You know, if the dog picks something up, want to walk, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know what that's like. Put it down. Yeah. Drop it. Hey. Shut up. Hey. Hey. I got Get over here. That's my, that's my quick hey. Mm-hmm. And then Jub Jub responds. Just scared. Looks at me scared. But probably so you would do that in high school. You'd you'd stick up for for the for the 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 kids getting picked on. No, I mean, I in high school I was, um, I don't think I had a. I mean, I'm, I'm a tall guy, but I don't think I had a growth spurt until maybe like late okay. junior year or you know even maybe late senior year. But um, so you do what you you would do what you could. I would do what I could, but I would actually like. Um, I did stand up for, for kids, especially, you know, people who were like, who couldn't really defend themselves, but it was like, mm-hmm. I'd psychologically try to mess with them. Um, I've never told this story, I don't think, to anyone um, in my adult life, definitely not on oh. air, but um, I'll change this kid's name to protect him, but... uh well, well Nobody. first of all, what was his real name? And then pick the name you're going to change it to. <laughs> um, I guess I could give you his... He went by his first no, initials. No, I don't want his real name. Okay. Let's keep it. Let's call him Ty, uh, 
Tyler, um, the creator, <gasps> Tyler, the creator. No, uh, uh, Tyler Smith, we'll call him. Okay. So, um, he, he would be picking, um, on my, in my geometry class on this kid who was basically like the Napoleon dynamite of my high school, right? Who sat behind me and all my, so you mean when you say that, you mean he was more kind of like a collection of quirks than something actually funny and you didn't realize that till a little bit later that it was, that he wasn't as good as you thought he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Gina, stop. He, he was, he was our, our Napoleon, but, but I got the autograph of the llama, by the way. I went to an autograph show. <laughs> you went to a, I got, to, uh, to a, to a con. I went to, I went to, I know it's just a regular thing out by the airport. Yeah. Um, I got, uh, Bruce Dern's autograph and then I got the llama from, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I uh, got the Tina's hoof print. You got a signed. <laughs> was their booth next to each other? Uncle, Uncle Rico glossy. Uncle Rico was a no show. He got snowed <laughs> in. I wonder if he gives out Salisbury steaks. All right. You're, you're not up yet. <laughs> And God, God help all of us when we hear your story of, your story of bully, of reacting to bullying. God help us with this. Most hoping the show ends before we get to your, to Mike's story. Can only imagine what's coming. Pat. So I, I would do a few things, obvious things, especially for like underclassmen at the point where I was a junior or a senior. If like, if, uh, if a freshman or a sophomore was like picking on someone, uh, like my friend Chris, who was our kind of like, as I mentioned, uh, but like, you know, I, I'd, I'd say something or, or, or do something, but, but for, for someone who was maybe like a little more intimidating physically, um, in this, in the case of, of the person we're calling Tyler Smith, um, the way I messed with him was, and it's, I grew up in a very small town in New Jersey. I made a stencil that said Tyler Smith sucks. And I, oh. I just got a can of, <laughs> I got, I, I went and got a can oh of black spray God. paint and I just, I spray painted it uh, all over his block, like on the sidewalk in front of his house wow. on, on like on what would be the, the equivalent of his walk to, oh uh, to our God. high school. <laughs> I just, I sprayed oh, Tyler man. Smith sucks. I sprayed all over the place. Cause he, he made me so mad that he's, cause it was picking on this kid every day. And, and using terms that, uh, were really offensive for anyone present day or then, you know, and I was so he's like, just like, he's a hurtful, a hurtful creep. What? Very, hu- very hurtful. I said like what? No, he's not going to, we're not going to, no, I'm not going to say, it. but you know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he was saying like really offensive things to this kid and the teacher who clearly could have and should have done something did nothing. And, uh, you know, he couldn't prove it was me, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he just like, it's one of those kids that bothers me to this day because I'm sure they're just like, you know, this is a guy that was probably storming the Capitol or wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I made a stencil and, uh, I went around town and I just purposely did it, um, kind of late one afternoon or, or late. Probably I did it in the evening, I'm guessing, but maybe someone helped me. I can't remember, but it was just like, the entire walk to the high school, so he'd have to see it. And wow. within do you a couple still of have days, the stencil. No, but I, I what re- if you did it again? 
Oh, like man. just out of the blue, this happened in front of this guy's house. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, if it came, if it came back twenty years later, Tyler Smith still sucks. Old. Yeah, still, still sucks. It's like a little you hyphen had in the word "still." Yeah, <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. But it, it was painted over within. Um, it was painted over within, you know, forty eight hours. All of them. Um, there was one by the the drug fair pharmacy in Verona <laughs> that was. That was painted over not so well, so you could still kind of see it. So even when I graduated high school, I was like, yep, <laughs> still sucks. Like, and was there any specific blowback on this? This is an amazing story, Pat. And this is, first of all, this is a testament to why I always want to be on your good side. Because <laughs> uh, you're, you're crafty. Uh, yeah. What, what, what was, did, did Tyler Smith, the, the kid we're referring to as Tyler Smith, did, did you detect, was there any sign of him being affected by this? Um, I mean, I like to think that he was probably, he probably, like looking back, I think he probably had it hard enough in some capacity at home or in something because that kid was a mess, just like, you know, psychologically, uh, just like he was a bully in like the worst way, you know, and, yeah. and he wasn't very bright. And I just, I think life probably got to him in whatever way, you know whatever payback yeah, well, you cosmically got I got to him but no there was no blowback like he never knew it was me um I didn't I didn't stupidly like brag to people that would talk in in my school you know I had a tight circle of friends and I think at way after the fact I I told maybe a couple of people but they they knew they knew better than to say you know anything any else. chance we could get you to tell him the story on the best show I mean for the for the sake of good radio, I I'd say maybe, but you know, but to to give that guy a platform, as I'm as I said, like I I think he would be uh, a person who would would not you I don't think you'd want him on the air. Yeah, yeah. Saying. No, like, look, I'm just, it's just I, it's theoretic. It's in it's a rhetorical question. I doubt he he would have grown up enough to uh, to be cool on the radio. Yeah. So he, so you you're like Batman. Right, I guess. I mean, I you're like you were like the Batman of New Jersey. Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know if it was Batman. I'm trying to think of a different um, Jason. Do you know who who I would be? No, I think Batman. Yeah, yeah I would be bat. Okay, I'd be Batman. Batman Jason knows his Batman. Jason knows his Batman. <laughs> when he was a child, he was locked inside a theater screening the first Batman movie, and he saw it 39 times before the authorities finally located him. So what if we what if we shoot a dramatic reenactment with period appropriate casting clothes all of it and, Pat, and we use the, when we use we, we use the the nineteen ninety Batman theme yeah in the montage of me right I'm Batman stenciling the town who are you I'm Batman now Mike yeah when it comes to high school bullying. You come from a, a different era than a, than a Pat, for example. You you come from a day closer. To, I come from one closer to where you came from, where fists were far too often used to settle things and were used to make a point. And when bullying happened, did you were you ever, first of all? Did anybody ever do the slap thing to you? Stop hitting yourself. No. But uh, roughhousing with my three brothers, 
You know, mm-hmm. I had I had two younger brothers. I'm pretty sure I probably used that technique on my youngest brother. Sure. You know. Stop. But it was yourself. it was it, yeah it was, it was roughhousing and yeah that was daily interaction. <laughs> did, no. did you ever do it with anybody you didn't know? Uh, like that was no, a family. No, mom. no, I never I never did that. So you were not a school bully. You were like a cool guy at your high school that got along with everybody. Yeah, I I like I think I've mentioned this before. I was in that gray area where I wasn't in any of the cliques. You know, I wasn't in the mm-hmm. jocks. You know, I wasn't in uh, the uh, potheads. You know, mm-hmm. although I had I probably had more interaction with some of them than the jocks, but I knew some jocks too. But I was in this gray area, and that's where I think most high school kids are. You know, they're they're just trying to get through the day. You know, they you know they don't want to really you know stir mm-hmm. the waters. I so mean, if so, if you saw a kid getting picked on, what would have been your course of action to just keep walking? Well, well no, I, I didn't see a lot of that for one. Um, I think I think I've I've seen I think I've, I've discussed a couple of these things before, but. Uh, one time there was this guy and he was, you know, you know how you can just sort of size somebody up as being possibly a dangerous person, you know, sort of a violent, dangerous person. Sure. There, there, there was a guy like that in high school and he was picking on this guy and basically he was making him do pushups. You know, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's sort of a standard high school bullying thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I saw it. I didn't intervene, you know, but I remember it. I've, I've also talked about the time when there was a systematic wedgie uh, campaign going on in my uh, my gym uh, locker room sector. A couple of football guys uh, were basically selecting a person a day to give a wedgie to. Mm-hmm. And, you know... They were whittling down, you know, the people in my my sector, and I knew my day was coming. You know, it was kind of like this could be the day. Mm-hmm. And then the day came, and somehow, and this sort of ties in with the the subject of the show. I talked my way out of it. You know, I didn't I didn't intervene. You know, regretfully with the other guys who, who took their wedgies, mm-hmm. but somehow I had the wits. I think there was some humor. I think I may have used a little humor, but somehow I talked my way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, then again, like I said, I didn't defend these other people when they were they were getting their wedgies. I didn't sure. intervene. So, well, hey, Ma- hey Mike, when these other kids were getting their wedgies, uh, what song was playing on your high school's uh, jukebox? <laughs> well, the jukebox it comes a time. No, it was either comes a time or uh, jailhouse rock. A, a friend of mine also, a friend of mine also uh, informed me that tumbling dice was was also popular on that cafeteria jukebox. But uh, no, there was uh, no music playing. It was just uh, ooh, that's wedgie music. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll say this, Mike, and Pat, and Jason, and the listening audience. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. 
Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. My high school experience, completely fear-based. I ran in terror from everything. We got picked on so much, so hard. I saw some other kid getting picked on. That means that means I was out swimming the shark is all that meant. Because when it comes to out swimming a shark, you don't have to swim faster than the shark. You just got to swim faster than your friend. That's the unfortunate part of, of, <laughs> of terror and being stalked yeah. is you're on your own. Yeah. What was I going to do? I would have clunked my head into the kid who's getting picked. I would have picked. It was not like they would have picked, not picked on the other kid. They would have picked on both of us. Just kept my head down. Cause I got picked on. I got picked on plenty. I didn't see anybody rushing in Batman style to save me. <laughs> you walk by, they look at you like, Oh boy. Oh no, you're getting it now. It's like, yeah, I am. Yeah. It's my turn in the, in the, in the, the cannon. But I saw one thing happen in my high school. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, uh, a, a high school bully was picking on one of the, the dorks, like my, my, my friend group. And there was a kid who was not in the immediate group, but was a satellite, uh, dork. And this one bully was picking on him and shoving him around. And this kid, Suddenly, the dork stood up and started throwing some punches, and he landed every one of those bleeping punches. I'm telling you, he beat the tar out of the bully. It was a life. It was rocky in real life in terms of the excitement and the sense of watching the the downtrodden stand up and 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 right the wrong this kid whomped that other kid and a teacher came and shut it down but i even think the teacher probably let it go on a little bit back then a teacher would just a teacher would watch for a while before they intervened make sure they got their entertainment dollar <laughs> out of a fight uh-huh. the teacher would just hang back yeah, let it, back. You're right. Watch yeah. a couple, watch a couple rounds and be like, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Break it up. After they made, they didn't rush right in. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Stop yeah. it. Stop the fight. They'd lay back, size it up. Ah, and that kid's, that kid's a bully. This other kid's taking him to town. I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him get a few more pops in before I break this up. That was, that was a triumphant moment. That was like, <laughs> That was like Rudy combined with Sea Biscuit combined with Rocky and you throw in a little bit of what's another movie like that? Over the top. Over the top. Lincoln Hawk, the great arm wrestling champion. I'm here to wrestle. I'm here to do arm wrestling. Like, 
Sylvester Stallone drive is a is a is a long hauler driving a tractor trailer goes to Las Vegas for an arm wrestling tournament. I just imagine that. Hey, the guy from it's Rocky, but he sits down. <laughs> if your problem with Rocky was all that standing during the during the fighting. We've got the movie for you. It's called Over the Top, and they sit at a table and arm wrestle. Do you know who was uh, historically a very good arm wrestler? You're never going to believe it. Andy Warhol. Not kidding. He was, he, he had a workout regimen and was surprisingly in shape. And he would arm wrestle people and everybody would think, of course, I'm going to demolish this guy. And he would regularly beat people because he just had all this arm strength. Did he have a table set up or like his parties and stuff? Well, Jason, I don't know if you need a specific arm wrestling table set up. Any table will do. I don't know if they were wrestling, arm wrestling at that famous couch that the factory had. The first factory had this long couch. I don't know. I would assume he would set up two chairs as opposed to, uh, as opposed to a, uh, like kind of like having to angle yourself on a couch to arm wrestle would be quite difficult. A 45 degree angle. I've never been good at arm wrestling. Wonder if I could get better at it. That's one thing I think. I, I'd say I, at this point, a, a, a pretty a pretty muscular nine year old could shut me down in arm wrestling. Because I also don't want some situation where suddenly I'm like, no, I can arm wrestle, and I arm wrestle somebody and tear every ligament in my arm, and then suddenly it's like, well, I can't use my arm anymore. There is Why? a technique. Yeah, there is a technique. I mean, you know. I would be good with that finger, that, that, that finger crest, like that rolling wave of fingers when you lock hands and you do the fingers. I, I would go, heh, 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 and then do like the fingers, like tapping on their knuckles. I think I could get in their head a little bit, but once they, once the whistle goes off, I'm in trouble. You know, rip my arm off my, off of the socket. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about arm wrestling and we're not talking about bullying. We are talking about dumb luck. And let's take a call. Anybody on line one, for example, Pat? We got one through five lit up like a Christmas tree. Let's do one. Then we'll do three. Then we'll do five. Best show. Hi. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? Uh, you are speaking to Jason from Michigan. Jason from Michigan. Well, first of all, Jason, hold on a second. Dudio, how are we sounding? We sounding all right? Sounds great. I just like to check in with the quality checkup because I got a high high priority caller here, Jason from Michigan. and I want to make sure this goes well. You flatter me. Thank you. How are you, Jason, from Michigan? I'm doing. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are things in Michigan? 
Uh, it got warm today. The snow melted, and there's like rivers of mud everywhere. Uh, but it's, we're out of the deep freeze, so that is a good thing. Who's the best band ever out of Michigan? The best band ever out of Michigan. I am halfway between Detroit and Ann Arbor, and it's tough to... It's, uh, you know, my age puts me at a very high love for the White Stripes going to my east, but it's tough to argue with Iggy and the Stooges to my west. So you want to say, first of all, I would say the Stooges, not Iggy and the Stooges. Anything called Iggy and the Stooges is generally not my favorite. Um, I apologize. No, you don't apologize to me. Apologize to the other three Stooges. That's right. Literally. Not the three Stooges. Apologize to the other three people that were in the Stooges, and they're all not with us anymore. So, right, um, right? Are they all gone? I believe both, so. Both, both Ashton brothers are gone, right? Yes, yes. James Williamson is alive, but not my favorite uh, Stooges guitarist. Because uh, you they got the Stooges, a- you got the MC5, you got you could say Funkadelic. Uh, you could you could entertain that. You've got. Laughing Hyenas, you could chew on that as one of the bands. you got so many options. And then you got White Stripes. What's your favorite White Stripes song? My when you're in your little life. room and you think about someone, that one. That song, no. Your Southern Can Belongs to Me. That's a good Possibly. one. Your Southern Can yeah. Belongs to Me, oh yeah. Your Southern Can Belongs to Me. No, he's... Uh, when I went to uh, when I went to Michigan State University in East Lansing, the Verve Pipe uh, was rehearsing in a storage locker uh, down the road from or down the lane from my friend's band's storage locker. So we get to hear them play and make a racket uh, quite often. Okay, that's cool. I, I you know, relative, yes. Well, uh, it's the, cool uh, enough. It's better than some of the other things you can hear coming out of a storage locker. That's true. The, uh, go past the storage locker. You hear, uh, the, you hear Dave, uh, going, yep. We could hear that in a storage locker. <laughs> well, that really aged well, that whole thing. Is that show yeah, still on? Uh, storage Wars? No. I know you used to watch a lot of it though, didn't you? I watched a fair amount of Storage Wars. Yes. Uh, yeah. The Barry and Dave and Brandy and Jared and all the rest and that one Daryl, the one guy who looked like the guy from, uh, from Blade Runner. Time to die. <laughs> right. He kind of had that look. Sure Didn't he have that look? They were all replicants. That <gasps> you. I, I didn't I, see that second Blade Runner movie. Some about it seemed seemed uh, not for me. I never got around to checking it out. Well, it um, comes from the era. It comes from the era in uh, Harrison Ford's career where every movie he made, uh, either like the Millennium Falcon's door fell on him and broke his leg, or uh, I think did he get in a fist fight in that movie on that set with mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Gosling or whoever? I mean, there's there's a lot of physical confrontations and injuries with Harrison Ford in the uh, 21st century, I think. Yeah, that's kind of what happens when you're 88 years old and you keep doing action movies. It's funny how that <laughs> how that still happens. Funny how that works out. At, w- <laughs> at what point does this guy just go like, I'm not doing it anymore? Like, like where they're just like, hey, will you do this thing? We'll give you a lot of money. It's like, he has the most money of anyone. Yeah. I, Why is he doing any of these things anymore? Gene Hackman walked away. 
Jack walked away. Harrison Ford. I don't think he's turning it down. Gene Hackman walked away. Yeah, he did walk away. Yeah, I believe his last his last uh, movie appearance is Welcome to Mooseport. Welcome to Mooseport. How, his him sharing the screen career. with Ray Romano. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're running for mayor of Mooseport. <laughs> what are you doing? Look here, you it's, a, it's a capper on a stellar career. All those people go out on a ba- um, on a bum note. It's like you look at like Sean Connery did like the voice of some animated thing that was so cheap looking. Mickey Rooney was like shirtless in his final movie, or it's like he's a hundred years old, and they're just like, "Hey, Mickey, want to take your shirt off for this? We'll film I, it." I guess- and he's so desperate to be filmed that he did it. I don't know how you gauge that. I mean, how do you make that last decision? Like, this is going to be my last. No, I'll, I'll, I'll get one more shot at it. And then your, your last shot is you, you're shirtless. Yeah. You're shirtless on some student film. It's like yeah. this guy was the most bankable star for 10 years of Hollywood. And then now, um, we, ha- we have him sitting on a, uh, we, we have him sitting on an apple crate that we found. Uh, we're hoping it doesn't. Crack. <laughs> uh, hey guys, I'm a little cold. Any chance uh, I could sit in a heated car between takes? Any chance? Sorry, Mickey. Sorry, Mickey. I can't. I can't waste the gas. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. You know, at one point, I was in all the top blockbusters the movies. I was in every top movie in the 30s. I was in me and Judy Garland, all the Andy Hardy movies. Everybody loved. Hey, you, you want to shut up? Uh, who's this old? What is this old guy talking all about? Somebody comes over like, hey, shut up, old man. You shut your mouth. And he, it's like, take your shirt off and shut up. Any chance I could put my shirt back on between setups? It's pretty cold. Yeah, the director doesn't want you to. He wants you to stay in character. So what do you got for me, Chief? Well, I've got one for the topic. Uh, it is not hugely cosmic in scope, but it is very, very recent. Um, because I'm a public school teacher, so this past Friday, about noon, I got my second COVID shot, and uh, reactions have been all over the place, right? Uh, this person has a headache, that person doesn't have anything, and this person goes through, you know, 48 hours of, of chaos. And uh, I had a bit of a bit of an adventure Friday night. My wife was out mm-hmm. of town. Uh, my kids are pretty useless as far as, like, if something went wrong. And uh, at 11 o'clock, the chill set in. At about 12.30, the fever set in, but I wasn't quite aware that that's what was going on. It was already messing with my head because I got up. Uh, my teeth were chattering. I put on a coat. I put on a hat. put on gloves. Got back into bed. This is very strange behavior for me. And at 3 o'clock, I was full-on delirious, wandered into the bathroom, tried desperately to get some medicine into me, right? Spent about 10 minutes struggling with the Tylenol trying to turn the cap uh, with the top of the top of my hand instead of the bottom of my hand. Um, basically had one of uh, a recreation of the famous scene in Airplane 
the drinking problem joke where I literally tried to raise the glass to my face and it went sideways and then didn't quite realize because it never happened before that I was passing out. Um, so I woke up at five (laughs) o'clock with three thoughts in my head. One, why is my bed so hard? Two, why is it so dark in here? And three, oh my God, I think I, uh, uh, wet myself. My fever broke, so that's why I was soaked in sweat. Uh, I was laying on the tile floor on my back in the bathroom. That's why the bed was so hard. And why was it so dark? The laundry hamper was over my head like a helmet. Um, so where the cosmic interference came in is when I fell over and passed out, I probably, probably got saved from cracking my head on the tile floor by falling into the laundry basket. Wow. That is dumb yeah. luck. You just, there was the, you fell at the right angle uh-huh. to prevent yourself from some serious injury. Yep, probably. <laughs> Pretty good. So you're feeling okay now though? The, the, oh, the, yeah. the vaccine kind of ran its course and now you're. Yeah, sa- I mean, Saturday I had like some aches and pains and headaches, but I was loving that. I was like, that's better than that weird LSD trip from the night before. So mm-hmm. um felt pretty good about that. And by Sunday I was good, and Monday I was back at school. Well, that's a, that is dumb luck. That is a relief, too. And I got to get one of these shots. Why is this not a why is this not an essential service what I'm doing? You should have been first in line. I should have been right. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't want to say it. It should have been <laughs> heroes first. It should have been. What? All right. Let's get the heroes up here first. And right. then they look around and they see like a, like a, like a, a teacher and a, a fireman and all these things. And then they just see like, wait, isn't that the guy that does five podcasts? Well, I'm, I'm disappointed because you shouldn't have had to say it. I think other people should have been speaking up for you that you should have been first in line. Thank you, it's Jason. You're saying the things that I, I, I thought would be uncouth if I said out loud. I, it would make me seem like a, like a, like a, like a, uh, an ingrate, but I am, I, I, I'm not. I just do feel like I should get the shot before everybody. Um, well, Tom, you're a, you're, you're a, you're a, a selfless class act. You would never say that. And of course, it just, thank it's just sad that it took this long for me to have to say it for you because you know what? I pre- everything you're saying, it's like, it's like <laughs> music to my ears and I shouldn't have to say, I shouldn't have to be like, Oh, Hey, anybody want to give me the shot first? Cause I'm like me. Do I get should have been me and Megan McCain up there first getting our shots. And they said, you said it's just going to come off. It's going to come off as brash. And you don't want to do that. So I understand. Yeah. Boy, she's, uh, she's acquitting herself nicely these days, huh? Megan McCain. Yeah. Doing a great job. She said that they should fire, uh, Fauci because he, uh, didn't tell her when she could get the shot specifically. Like, you know, well, he doesn't have anything it, else on his plate. He should have been. He should have been paying attention to her needs once, and yeah, yeah. No, he should have made sure everyone from the view is taken care of first, and then make sure everybody at the chew is taken care of, and uh-huh. then go over to uh, Good Morning America, get them squared away, uh, get everybody on. Uh, what uh, what uh, what other the Today Show should get taken care of, right? Got to make sure. Right. 
Savannah Guthrie has her shot. And as popular as those shows are, where do any of them compare to the best show? Let's be honest. Well, they're, they have a, a lot more, uh, viewers or listeners than we do, but I'll still put the quality of the people that, that listen to this show, uh, in, in, I'll put it against the quality of the people that watch those shows. Absolutely. They, but they, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get one of these, uh, shots. Shot, 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 shot. The vaccine. That's the shot I'm looking for. Does, um, is there any chance that, say, in a certain parking lot in New Jersey that used to have, I don't know, a popped open trunk with like bootleg DVDs? Do you? Think- oh, I'm sure that guy has some, <laughs> like, I got the vaccine. You can. Buy a copy of, you get a copy of Wonder Woman 84 and then you can get, uh, the first of the, of the two shots. That's uh, well, spelled with an X. Yeah. Well, sure my friend, thank you for the call. I completely appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Have a grand evening. Look, I'm just joking. I'm being parodic when I say that I should get the shot before anybody else. I'm being, it's for entertainment purposes. If somebody offered, I would decline. I'll, I'll wait my turn. I'm not going to take, take some old, old timer shot from them. Ain't going to jump the line. Get some, some, someone from the greatest generation not getting their shot because I decided to go up there. No, it's not going to happen. Line three, please. Oh, is that what I sound like? Oh, no. That's not good. Best show, hi. Hello. Tom, it's uh, Eric from Malibu. Eric from Malibu. Do I know this, Eric? Yes. Oh, this is great. This is a highlight of my week right, off, right oh, off the bat. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you feeling? I'm good. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You, uh, you uh, partying down? Oh, yeah. Every night. Every night. <laughs> it's like you can always tell when people, yeah, party down. Oh yeah, every night. <laughs> just the, the, you sound, you sound just like you're, you're really going for it with your party <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, every night. Um, what's, uh, what's going on, Eric? Well, I do have one for the topic. Um, but I do want to address something that Jason from Michigan just said. I'm also from Michigan. I'm from Ann Arbor and, uh, Definitely not difficult between Stooges and White Stripes for me, but but it is difficult uh, with Funkadelic. But what was only George Clinton from Detroit? And like, didn't they form? Well, I, I don't know. It's a band from Plainfield, New Jersey. Actually, is what I says. The 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 uh, the uh, the uh, the Parliaments were from New Jersey, if I remember correctly. And then did they move? Did he? Or I, don't, I don't. I should know this, but um, I think he's. Or maybe they spent time in Detroit. Well, you said it. I didn't, but. So who came to Detroit? Anyway, Alice Cooper was from Arizona and then went yeah. to Michigan, right? I think so. Um, but I know that Iggy, I, I, I can never remember this either. I can't remember most things now. But um, 
I, I think my it was something like my elementary school used to be a junior high that Iggy went to, um, mm-hmm. or my junior high was his public school or something like that. But anyway, and, I, and one time we went down into the catacombs and saw some graffiti that he had apparently done or something. Unless I just really? made that whole thing up. Yeah, something like that. I remember going into the basement and seeing some weird graffiti, and they said there used to be a, a pool down there, and Iggy had that's when Iggy was at the school and mm-hmm. all that. But anyway... Um, but, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that, that, it felt cool at the time. All right. Um, (laughs) And he still, I, I did everything in my power to, to, uh, eradicate my Michigan accent. I think I've done a pretty good job. Somehow my parents didn't get it, but like my aunt and uncle have a really strong Michigan accent and Iggy has a really, has it, has it as bad as it gets. It's really and what is the Michigan weird. accent exactly? It, well, I can't. I, I've tried to practice it. Um, I, I'm not very good at it, but but it's just super nasally, mm-hmm. and it's 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 one of the worst in the country, I think. Does it have a little bit of Pittsburgh in it? You know that the way Pittsburgh hits the hard L's, where it's like, you know, a lot of people are doing the thing <laughs> we're trying to like. We're really trying to, like, I don't, I don't think it. Ha- it's, it's definitely like upstate New York is pretty close. So it's a very also, flat. It's a very flat. I voice. guess it's flat, and the vowels are just weird. Uh, 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 like, like if, like, okay, I'm gonna try it. This is gonna be terrible, but uh, if I, like, Amber, Ashley, get in the car. It's very nasally, and the, the vowels just get weird. I can't, I can't even, I, I can't do it justice, but it's terrible. Trust so me. So is it like a, like a, like a, uh, like a, like a Wisconsin kind of thing? Yeah, like it's a Wisconsin. Close to Wisconsin. Yeah. It's definitely that hardcore Midwest. Mm-hmm. I guess it's flat and nasal, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. Yeah. But, uh, I think I've kind of gotten rid of it. So it's flat and it's nasal and it's disgusting, is what you just said. Yeah, the only the only one that I that I I went to school in uh, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and I have to say that was worse. The the the, the sorry people from Rhode Island because I loved going to school there. I loved I loved the uh, the state, but the the accents is hideous. Now where did you go? Did you go to RISD? I went to RISD. I did. Yep. Long ago, and how was that? Um, it was great. It was great. I felt really, uh, I felt really lucky to be going to art school because um, I was horrible at most other subjects. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, my dad t- took me on a trip. Like he, he was hoping I was going to get into some Ivy League schools, and there was no way that was happening. But we went, we went to RISD, and for some reason I was always aware of that school. Uh, even as a little tiny kid, I knew about it. I don't know why, and I just kind of fixated on it. And especially we went and visited, and we walked in the classroom, and it was just easels. And I was like, oh, wait, people do this for credit? Okay, that's that's it, because I had always drawn and everything. So I, that was that was all I needed to see. Mm-hmm. That was it. But it was great. I didn't appreciate it. And look at it, you, you now. Know. Look at you now. You're a fancy artist. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. Fancy fine uh, artist. <laughs> um, okay, so do you want to hear my topic? My one for yes. The- oh, yes, please. So this, 
this took place in Ann Arbor. I think I think I was in high school, and I was um, I think it was at night. I was driving home from somewhere from uh, well, doesn't matter, but I, uh, not on a highway, but on a kind of major thoroughfare, like a four lane, you know, two lanes each way. And I'm driving home, and I'm I don't know, I'm like maybe a mile up ahead. I know I have to turn left. There's just it's automatic at this point. I've driven that thing a hundred times. You know, I just am, I'm in the left lane already because I have to turn left a hundred, whatever, a mile ahead. And there's the one of the. I mean, it's it's a little. I don't know what they call them, but like when the when the one road goes over another major road, it kind of goes up. You know, there's a little. You can't see over it. You just see the top of the. I don't know what the hell that's called. But you you know you you're driving and you're going over another road down below. Overpass, I guess, but okay. So you, you can't really see the oncoming traffic, basically. So I'm going. I'm driving towards that. I'm about to go over uh, State Street on Washtenaw. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm in the left lane because I need to be in the left lane. And for no reason, I just have this impulse to get in the right lane, which made absolutely no sense. But I just okay, getting in the right in the lane now. And as soon as I did that a car came up over the hit little overpass thing in my lane and I would have been dead because it would have been like at least a oh my 80, you know, like a head-on collision at 80 miles an hour because I would have had no reaction time and I would have most likely been dead. And yeah. I, oh my I had God. no reason, like, so in the, you know, the top, you know, you talked in the email about things being cosmic and mm-hmm. mystical. That sure as hell, I don't know what that is. I, I had zero reason to get into the right lane. But you um, you made the move, and, and then, uh, yeah, you saw your life flash before your yeah. eyes. What yeah. could have been? Yeah, I could not. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have been. It would have been a head-on collision, and I would have been lucky to live through that. Oh my god! But that's always that's just so. I have no explanation for why that happened. It just felt like the most natural thing to get into the right lane, but I had no reason to do that. You know. Well, the um, fates made you do it, and now yeah. you're here. I'm here. And now what do I do? Well, you do something with it, and you are doing something with it. You're a very yeah. talented young man. <laughs> can I say young, your name? You. Can I say your full name? Sure, thank you. This is an artist. His name's Eric White. He's very talented, and he's a he's he does. He, you have a very uh, uh, amazing uh, style, and you oh, do all you. these great things, and you do things with the White Album, and you've done so many different things that I love, and you're oh, thank you're you so much. Uh, you're you're really a great artist, Eric. Thank you. I really appreciate it. A lot. How many copies of the White Album do you own? Well, with the numbers think- on, because originally people might not know the original run of the White Album. Each 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 copy had, was was uh, numbered. Yeah, um, I I have the I have the one. I think I have two, and one is belonged to my uncle who died, and the other I think was the one that I still remember buying with my mom in the store. I can like I can picture that so vividly when we were like flipping through, and she pulled that out. It was obviously I was born in '68, so obviously it had been out for a while. But she she I remember her buying it in a used store in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the other one I have is my uncle's. Um, but I don't think I don't, I don't think either one of those has the number. Do you have ones with numbers? No, I don't. I want one. 
if someone wants to send me one. I want one too. Are they? How much are they now? They're not cheap. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. Because what was it one ten thousand or something? Or oh, less? Way more than that. Oh, they like a hundred thousand. So it was the other thing was more than that too. I mean, they were selling tons of those. A dumb thing. And that one guy has like a hundred of them or something. Yeah, there's the one guy who has so many of them. <laughs> yeah. But God bless him. God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> the Beatles are. Don't the Beatles almost feel like they're American at this point, where you're just like, they're so huge that there's like a party that's like. They're kind of American, right? Yeah. Can we claim at least part of them? I mean, you know what I mean? Am I wrong yeah. about that? Isn't there like some slight vibe with that? I mean, I've claimed them in my life, certainly. I mean, that, that record changed my brain, you know? Yeah. I mean, of uh, course they're British. I know that, but there's something with the level of either. success that you're kind of just like, yeah, they're more, they're slightly, maybe they're not completely American. They're like 40% American at this point. <laughs> yeah, like 60-40 is perfect. Yeah. We deserve it, mean, right? We, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm on board with that. All right, Eric, I'm being told I have a, uh, a famous person. Oh, uh, shoot. You, okay. even, even more famous <laughs> yeah. than you. Well, I'm hard From to the world of it. magic. <laughs> oh, 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 my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Eric, thank you. It was very nice right. to talk to you. I'll talk to you, you soon. Too. On line five, I'm being told we have a pretty exciting guest. Uh, I mean, I saw this magic show on uh, Shout Magic the other day uh, that was so amazing. And I was hooked from the get-go. Marcus Delgado's Innermost Magic, Innermost Magic was the name of the show. And this guy... Cause I like magic. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm a fan of magic. I like when somebody does something with it and shows me something I've never seen before is the best part of magic. And there were tricks that this guy, Marcus Delgado was doing that where he was picking, he was like picking random people from the audience and he's saying the most specific things about them. It was just mind blowing. And I was just, it was just could not believe didn't know how he was doing it. I was completely hooked. And so I, you know, he's actually calling in and we have Marcus Delgado, uh, on line five, I believe. Marcus, are you there? Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thank you for, for appearing on the show. This is exciting. It's good to be here. I know we had a, had a technical difficulty last week that prevented me from actually calling, and I I, I wanted to, to bring up something. I, I think your topic last week was about McDonald's. Is that right? Um, yes, that we were talking about different celebrity McDonald's uh, meals. Oh, okay, okay. I, I uh, basically I wanted to to uh, get your your thoughts on this. I. When I was a kid, you know how there was always these stories about someone finding, I don't know, like a mouse or something in their food and then suing the restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, and getting sure, money, sure. that sort of thing. There was this story, 
tell me if you've heard this before, because it's very odd. There was a story when I was a kid about another kid finding a live elf in his shamrock shake, and he sued McDonald's, and he won. An elf? A live elf, yes. And the story went that he, he sued McDonald's and won, but then he ended up getting killed by the elf in his sleep. Wow, that's a that's a. Uh, I I I never heard that one. That's an insane story. So okay, I thought maybe he, maybe you'd heard it, but uh, I guess not. I don't know. So he won the lawsuit. He won it, and and then the did the elf kill him because of the lawsuit or just I think, killed him? I think he. I think it was just a bad elf. You know, sometimes there's just bad elves. That is. Um, that could be on a shirt. Sometimes there's just bad elves. I love it. I'm writing this down. Mm-hmm. Trying to come up with a good color scheme. Have to be green on, in, in some in some uh, portion of the shirt. Green and let's just go with white because that's 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 Irish stuff, right? Yeah, and it also gives. It's a, those are the uh, colors, and um, it also gives off like a very shamrock shake. Uh, feel as well. It does. It does. It does. Um, but would, anyway, would, getting to would kind of honor. It would maybe honor the the dead person. Honoring the dead. Yes. Can't go wrong with that. No. No. Yeah. So how are, how are you doing, Marcus? I'm I'm good. Um, I heard you mention, of, of course, shout magic, and mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't shout magic fun? Oh, the network? Oh my God! Yeah. Well, it's it's crazy because it, it's become the hub for all things magic, which is great. They have shows I've never even heard of, and, and let's face it, I'm fully ensconced in the upper echelons of the magic world. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a ridiculous channel. If if you don't love magic, then there's nothing there for you. But if you do, you could watch it all day and night. Um, all day. I don't know I how love, deep how deep you've gotten into it. Oh my god! Getting into I've watched so much of the Presto Change O My Ride is always is so cool when the magicians kind of turn your car using the powers of magic. They kind of transform your car and upgrade kind of like a beat up car. They kind of, you know, it's, it's always impressive to see what they do. Like the lady, the, like a, a lot of times they're not as practical when you have like a trick mounted to the hood of a car doesn't seem very drivable, but it's very impressive to see. Oh yeah. 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 Sometimes, you know, it, it goes kind of bad when there's like a, there was one where there was a woman being sawed in half that was mounted on the on the hood of the car, and that gets, yes, that gets in the way. Yeah, that's it's not as practical as it could be uh, in terms of uh, visibility, like windshield visibility. But it's still it's a spectacle that it's fun to watch on the show. Um, the wand I seen- love. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a really for people who don't know. It's like a really gritty. It's like the wire, but magic with magic in it where this reporter undercovers this ring of uh this illegal scarf manufacturing you know the scarves for magic tricks 
that kind of you they they're employing child labor and he's trying to get to the bottom of of breaking up and exposing this ring and it gets crazy out of control and it's like there's that one scene where he was getting a little too close and the one guy was like you're getting a little too close you might just go poof it's a very dramatic show have you seen the magic shop that's my favorite Oh my God. I love, I love that show. It's, uh, it's, it's like a sitcom. It's not, it's not new, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I guess from a little bit of a, from the archives, I guess, because Bob yeah, Denver I, is on yeah, it I and he's no I longer think, with us late, unless that's magic 70s. that they're filming him with the thing, but I don't think so. I think he's just, just old. I don't know if you saw that one episode where um, Phil Spector's in it. Remember that one? He, and he plays this magician, and then Bob Denver shrinks himself down like an inner space thing, and he gets inside Phil Spector, and then he eats him from the inside. It only aired once. Super oh sickening. God. That I, I've heard of it. I never caught that one. So he goes inside, he like, he's like, uh, Phil Spector's an evil magician or something? Is that what yes. it is? Yes, yeah. His name was, oh, God, it was Moorcock the, Ma- the Magnificent. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he beats him by shrinking himself down and eating his innards. Yes, from the inside, yeah. And it, like oh. I said, it was so sick, it only aired once. That's a weird one. I, well, I missed it when they aired it, unless they're running the, the, yeah, I got to catch that one. I don't know. That, that sounds great. I love that network. It's uh and I just want to say before we kind of get into what, what you do and right. your incredible magic. Um, if the listeners don't know, I just want to get them up to speed. Um, you know, I did a little poking around on you, Marcus. Um, and I did not know before all this magic stuff, you were somewhat of a child star. Oh, no. Well, I, I, I didn't expect this to be part of the conversation. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Well, it's a part of who you are and you really were doing well as that you had so many different guest slots and guest appearances on different shout network shows like I don't need any of this keeping it real zoinks <laughs> but you were also on cheers you were on the second to last season of cheers this 10th and the 10th season would have been the second to last you were norm's yeah. nephew timmy I was I was I can't believe you know that yeah Oh my God! We do our we do our research here. You, we do our research. You, you do. Seems like a lifetime ago. I tell you, um, I I don't mention it in the magic show because I want the magic to be the star, not not me. But um, yeah, um, I was discovered in gosh, it would have been 1989. I was eight, uh, and basically what happened was this Hollywood uh, talent scout came to. I grew up in Boise, Idaho. Uh, outside of Boise, and uh, this talent scout came to to this Halloween pageant that was happening at the local mall, 
And I was dressed as a combination of um, Batman, Mike Tyson, and my favorite musician, uh, Mick Mars. Oh, from Molly Crew. Yes, yeah. And um, I guess the, the scout liked how I put these these three, you know, quite disparate looks together into one confusing yet seamless package. And uh, to kind of take it over the top, I also did this short monologue from what was my then favorite movie, Fletch, which was running on, on Cinemax at the time. And people just lost their minds when this eight-year-old started doing the Put It on the Underhills tab, Cabana scene. Mm-hmm. And... So he loved it, and and then I start like people were laughing. You know, when you're a kid and you first get that first shot of approval from an audience, it's like it's a drug. And then I didn't plan this, but then I started do. I'd seen the movie so much, I started doing the scene. Remember when Chevy Chase and the kid from the Waltons are driving, and he ends up going in that banquet room, and there's a big banquet going on, and and I started doing. Let's hear it for our own Fred the Dorf Dorfman. And hats off to his wife, Marge, after her stay at Trembling Hills, no more alcohol or sedatives in her life. And people were going in, just insane. And wow, wow. The, the, it was great. This talent scout just pretty much signed me on the spot. And my parents were potato farmers, literally. We had a potato farm. And so... You know, they're like overalls people, and they immediately get dollar signs in their eyes. So they pull me out of school, and they send me to West Hollywood to live with my mom's distant cousin, Denny, who was essentially the main drug supplier to half the cast of The Bold and the Beautiful. Okay. And so, but I started going on auditions, and I started booking stuff. I I got, uh, what did I get? Pretty much right out of the gate, uh, Kellogg's Frosted Maxi Wheats, uh, Hippie Johnny's Farm Fresh Brake Pads, uh, The Nightmare Machine, Kern Co. Candy Corn, uh, Stinky Dinks. This other toy that was made by the company that made The Nightmare Machine, this thing was called the Periscope, P-E-R-I-L, Scope. And basically, kids would look into the telescope and it would show you how you're probably going to die. Pretty dark, oh right? That's the darkest thing I've ever heard. It is, yeah. And this thing did not sell well. And they yanked the commercial after, I guess, like three airings. So, yeah, it was not. It was. It was. It was not a good scene. But um, my my big break came when I went to this Cheers audition to to be Norm's nephew Stevie and. George Wen and I just had this immediate chemistry, and it felt like we were really related. And so I, I get it immediately, and he and I had the best time just hanging out on the set. And, you know, he's a well-known um, fan of, I guess it's, I don't know if it's still called alternative rock or not, but um, mm-hmm. he, turned, he turned me on to so much cool stuff back then, uh, Soul Asylum, Buffalo Tom, the Buck Pets, uh, who else? I Love You, Doss Dahman, Psychotic Norman, bands like that. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, Stevie was testing so well with audiences that, you know, Kirstie Alley, she felt kind of threatened, and she ends up 
throwing her weight around, and she had me written out of the show after six episodes. Oh, that's terrible. Really bad, yes. So basically, to, to kind of soothe me and my parents, the producers told us that they were going to have Stevie in the show, Cheers, go to the summer camp for child bartenders, and then they were going to shift me over to this that Shout Network show that was so big at the time. We're talking like 92, called The Reggae Kid. Do you remember that? Oh, that show was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that never happened. So I was kind of left high and dry, and I got very disillusioned. I think I booked one more TV gig after that. I played a young street pickpocket on an episode of Highlander, and that, that was basically it for me in acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did dip my toe into the world of directing uh, years later. It, it was just this one erotic fetish movie called Gordon Likes Foot. Uh, it was it was light R, but th- th- that world was j- just was not for me. So I basically just kind of stopped everything in that world, and I ended up finishing school. Gordon likes foot. Yeah, yeah. I, that, was my, I, that was my it was my title too. Well, that's a, it's definitely. Uh, I know it's a bit of a, a, a cliche, but it's like you can't unhear that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that um I'm still recovering from that a little bit. I got to I, no, okay. I tell people that I, I tell people that story often and I, they say just what you just said like a week later I'll get a call. I can't stop thinking about that title. Yeah. Yeah. I I I can only imagine how what's going to happen to me a week from now if this is how it's feeling uh 5 seconds later. But give me a call. Look, I, give me a call. So what's that? Give me a call. I I very well might, Marcus. Um, Good. So you you did the acting thing. You dipped your toe in directing. No pun intended. I guess after that, uh, <laughs> right? You know. Um. But then you had a little bit of a music thing going on uh, in your early twenties. Oh. oh my god. Man, you guys, you guys do do research. Oh my goodness! Um, when, when I knew you, when I when I knew you might be coming on, I I wanted to be ready. I look at this as this is a this is a big deal for me. Well, well, I'm I'm very impressed, and I, I also I'm very mortified. But um, uh, look, I'll nutshell this because I, I'm here to talk about about my magic and. Yeah, you know, that's why I'm here, right? But but I'll, I'll definitely mm-hmm. tell you a little bit about that. Um, you know, my my first film role that I had was in uh, ninth. It would have been ninety one, and it was City Slickers, and I, wow. I didn't have any lines. I didn't have any lines. I didn't even have a, a name. My character had had no name, uh, but I was basically one of these kids that Jack Palance kind of shoves away and to the ground as he's trying to trying to make his way to Billy Crystal. And okay. so, also making his film debut is a young Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. And okay. Cool. Isn't that crazy? So we we become friends, and we kept in touch over the years. And it turned out, independently of one another, we both really developed this love for this kind of music. I can't imagine you've heard of it. It's called power pop. Oh no, I know, I know power pop. You, really? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's like bands like The Knack and The Records. Uh, who else? Um, uh, the Yes, The No, The Maybe, uh, Church Mouse Five, people like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. we we formed a power pop band. This would have been in 2001, and we were called The Zap, Z-A-P. The Zap. And the Zap. So we start doing gigs around L.A., and before we knew it, we had this manager, and this guy just kind of appeared uh, out of nowhere, and I never knew his real name, uh, but he called himself Power Pop Pop Pop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, I know that name. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Oh, I, well, this guy was like, I couldn't tell how old he was. He could have been, he could have been like 40, he could have been 90. He, he wore this, like, um, kind of two big sleeveless kinks shirt, and he'd wear these really tight black jeans with Chuck Taylors. Um, couldn't tell if it was a wig or like, a bath mat, jet black on his head. Jet black, of course. I knew I knew you were going to say it was jet black. Yes, jet, like, you know, there's blue black, which I guess is like the blackest sort of hair dye. This thing was like black, blue black. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Nick God. Nick Cave yeah. black. Beyond Nick Cave black. Ronald Reagan black. Yes, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so... I had no idea how this guy found out about us. It was like he, he had eyes and ears all over the country that would tell him about the latest power pop, and then he'd swoop in and he'd kind of, kind of claim it for his own. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, Jake is, is already a little famous, uh, but it's it's maybe maybe six months before Donnie Darko comes out in theaters. But it didn't really hit as a as a cult thing until it came out on video, I think, the next year. So he was known, but he wasn't like a superstar. Sure, sure. And so so we got a little buzz happening, and we're about to release our, our own self-released album called One Nation Under Power Pop, and it was co-produced by Paul, uh, Paul Collins and uh, a young man named Robert Rift. And these songs were so good. They were, it was just classic, great power pop. And we were doing something that no one else was doing. Not only did we play power pop, and this is one idea that power pop, pop, pop did contribute. That was good. All our songs were about power pop. Okay. Like, like what, what songs? Uh, God, we had a, we had songs, uh, what were they? Um, death by Rick and Docker, uh, appetite for fun, Give us the pop. Uh, my dog ate my Rubenews T-shirt. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Though um, those, so, so you were just like, kind of following in the tradition of just like, just give me some of that rock and roll music, like like songs about the thing you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. The yeah. dog ate my Rubenews shirt. What was that? Uh. My dog ate my Rubenews t-shirt. It was something like, uh, you know, it's like very, and my dog ate my Rubenews t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, so then when Jake became a bigger and bigger star, we started getting these major label offers. And, you know, of course, when that happens, the, the wolves come out. And this old school manager named Rupert swooped in. And he mm-hmm. basically edged edged power pop 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 out 
which was a nightmare. They had this kind of showdown meeting at the Palm, and Power Pop 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 goes into this rage, and he zapped Rupert right in the neck with this thing he had called the Popper, which was basically a little Rickenbacker bass guitar that was also a taser. Okay. Wow. Thankfully, Rupert was wearing his thickest ascot at the time, and it absorbed most of the shock. Okay. But, so we're free of pop-pop at this point, and Rupert gets assigned to Interscope. Okay. Pretty big deal, right? Big big label, yeah. Well, unfortunately, it all went downhill for, for me from there. What happened? Well, look, Jake's a passable rhythm guitar player, and a good Pro Tools editor can piece together a semi-believable vocal take on him in like five hours. Okay. Look, I wrote 90% of the songs. I sang most of them. I played ripping yet melodic leads on all of them. So it was my show pretty much, all right? Mm-hmm. But all any, anybody wanted to talk about was Jake's band, The Zap. And as a matter of fact, the label was going to change the name to Jake Gyllenhaal's The Zap featuring Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you believe that? His name would have been in the in the band name twice. Twice, yes. Yeah, yeah. He was all for it, of course. Oh, and cool. So, that is a is a huge shocker. Right? So, Jake Gyllenhaal's The Zap featuring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, yeah, yeah. He thought, well, my name's twice. You know, how double, double the fun, right? Mm-hmm. So I basically just say, look, I'm going to commit suicide with a lawnmower during our upcoming appearance on Leno if this happens, all right? That's what you literally said? Yes, and basically I ended up doing just that minus the lawnmower if we're talking about my music career. Sure, you really, you you, you ended the... You what what you what happened? Well, basically, so we we play our song and it was good, uh, and it was the lead off single for our, our uh, album. The song was called "Yum Yum Yummy Power Pop in My Tum Tum Tummy." Uh huh. And we're done, and Jay motions us over to the couch. And since I'm the mastermind of, of this band and the leader, I naturally start to take my rightful place right next to his desk. But mm-hmm. right as I'm about to sit, Jay says, hey, Jake, have a seat. And he points to right where I'm about to sit. And it's so late that one of my cheeks is already in the chair. So okay. I have to kind of stop. And I moved down. And the other guy swooped in. So I'm like, I'm three guys down at this point now. From, from oh, that's the worst. Like trying to find a seat in the moment, and then you realize you're getting the worst, the worst yeah. seat. The absolute worst. And I, I think at one point I ended up sitting on the arm of the couch. Oh, that on a talk show, that is the kiss of death. So bad. And, and I was fuming. And Jay keeps asking Jay questions about being a movie star and also the leader of a band. How do you juggle it? And if you look at the footage, you can see steam literally coming out of my ears. Literally. Literally. It's, it's a real medical condition. It's called rage vapor. It's what Judge Smales had in Caddyshack. 
So that was a, that was based on an actual medical condition in Caddyshack. Yes, and there's a deleted scene where Ty diagnoses him with it. Uh huh. Yeah. But that sounds like maybe it would be the the uh, like out of the rhythm of the movie. I could see why tonally maybe that might not be fun. Yeah, it, it's not in in the bonus disc. It's not even mentioned in that in that Caddyshack book of a few uh, a few years ago. That he gets diagnosed with rage vapor. Yeah, yeah, it's a very serious scene. There's no there's no humor in it at all. I guess that's why they why they axed it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that, I, yeah. Wow. I gotta, well, I guess that's what, that's the beauty of, of editing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, so Jay's just, just, Jay's fawning over Jake at this point, and he never mm. even acknowledges the, the, the three others in the band, including me. So, mm-hmm. and at this point, at this point, Jay asks Jake just how he goes about writing songs for the zap, and I lost it. What happened? I I stood up and I pointed at Jake and I said, this MF can barely sing. Thank God we have engineers who can piece together a passable vocal on this POS. And I'm saying all the words, too. Yeah, no, of course (laughs) you're... (laughs) Yeah. And and I go, you want a bigger scoop? This J.O. doesn't even play guitar on the album. You know why? Because the effing S is D at it. Jeez. I know. I went off. And then for reasons I still don't understand, I took off my frilly power pop shirt, you know, my white shirt. I wrapped it around my head, I don't know, like a turban or something. Maybe I thought mm-hmm. it made me look bibli- biblical. I don't know. A- mm-hmm. And I said, I go, behold your hero, America, Jake the Talentless. Oh, my God. And at that point, I storm off, but I couldn't find my way off the stage because, you know, those shows have these webs of curtains, you know, you can't really figure out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just stumbling around, and I'm in a huff, and I'm mad, and I've got the, the rage vapor, and at that point, Jay looks into the camera, points to me, and says, well, what he lacks intact, he makes up for in his ability to not <laughs> to find a door. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty good. I'm sorry. I know yeah. that's not funny Every, to you. Well, I can laugh now. Okay. Okay. You know, but but basically that that was the moment I said goodbye to the music world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's uh that that that's you. Well, look, you know the the idea of go big or go home. Right. You went big and went home. I did both. Wow, that's that's a, good, that's, that's a good memoir title. I went big and I went home. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you're you're here to talk about what you're known for. Magic is the thing I'm interested. In. I appreciate all the background stuff, but the magic stuff is what how I know you, Marcus. And sure. Uh, sure. I mean, that's the stuff that is, that excites me. And look, I don't want to. I don't want to know. I'm trying to think. I don't totally want you to just reveal everything. I wouldn't ask you to do that. I know how that works for magicians. And, but I am curious about like the tricks you do are so 
specific and impressive uh, with, with, especially with like members of the audience, like individual members of the audience when like there's one where you have a personalized message in a bottle that somehow ended up in the hands of the exact right audience member could not believe it. There was one where, um, there's a audience member has a box that has like all their personal belongings from home in it. Right. And it's just, it's, uh, it's, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, I just wanted to know more about it, whatever you can talk about. Well, let's just say there's a reason I only do two shows a week, Tom. Um, okay. Well, what, what, what is that reason? Flagrant research. Flag, flagrant research? Yes. Um, Basically, from the moment they buy the ticket until the moment they walk in the theater, I'm doing a deep dive into the lives of everyone who's coming to the show. Parents, kids, pets, work, hobbies, likes, hates, and then we set it up so it looks like they're getting the personal message or the personal object by magic. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know why you would reveal that. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm logistically, I'm so curious now about like how uh, there's like a, the theater holds over a hundred people. I, and how are you doing that much, much research on that many people at a time? Well, I don't do it all myself, okay? Um, okay. I, I have I have a staff of 45 dirt finders working 24-7 to find out everything I need to know about the inner lives and habits of those 100 people who have tickets for every show. Wait. Spell it. What was that thing you said? There's 45 what? Dirt finders. Can, can you spell that for me? Dirt finders? Sure. D-I-R-T. F-I-N-D-E-R-Z. Dirt finders. Wait, you're involved with dirt finders? No, I'm not involved with dirt finders. I okay. am dirt finders. You are dirt. What does that even mean, you are dirt finders? Well, look. There was a reason I flagrantly glossed over what I did after 2003 when my acting, directing, and music careers turfed. Okay. Well, what, what did you do after 2003? I was an FBI agent. Why? Oh, okay. Well, that's... No, that's it's, that's just... That's very troubling. Well, let's just say I, I was an FBI agent until I was put on uh, eternal unpaid leave which I think is basically the Bureau's idea of a sick joke because, you know, if you're on eternal unpaid leave, you can't get unemployment benefits. And that doesn't seem fair, does it? That you can't... This is dirt finders. Yeah. Well, look, I was, I was a great FBI agent, too. I, I loved my work. I loved mm -hmm. the Bureau. Unfortunately, I also loved helping myself to all that cocaine, hydro, ganja, and super clean meth we seized during those busts. 
So if I get this straight, your movie career, your your acting career, your music career, all this falls apart. So then you go and become an FBI agent. You're yeah. getting you're living seems like you're living pretty high on the hog there with the uh reaping the benefits of of contraband that's seized for 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 prosecuting. Well, Tom, I wasn't selling it. I was just using it. That's not allowed. All right. Well, that's what the, that's what the bureau said, and my arrest was was almost comical. Um, basically, we we seized five pounds of coke during a racketeering bust, and my mouth just started watering. I needed that Krell bad, Tom. So. <sighs> I, t- I told the other agents that I had to go give birth to a sticks fan, but instead of going to the men's room, I went to this costume shop down the block and I bought one of those old time top hats, like uh, you know, like BDM wears in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And when nobody was looking, I put the block of coke on my head, and then I put the top hat on my head, and I proceeded to walk out, like, very regally. And, Tom, you'd be correct that one of the other agents did that thing that mean jerks do when they they flip someone's hat off their head. Uh Uh-huh. And guess what everybody saw on my head? A giant brick of cocaine. Five pounds. Actually, it was five, five. Maybe it was, like, five there was definitely a few ounces missing from that block if you get my drift. Uh, so anyway, at that point, the whole room just comes to a standstill. And uh, basically I was busted by my own agents, and they were so mad at me that they hogtied me, and they carried me out on a spit like they do to pigs at barbecues. My God. It was so weird. It was so embarrassing. And it was all over the news too. Mm-hmm. Well, well, look, not not that I in any way approve of what you did, but like, why didn't you just hide the coke like in a bag or under your coat? I I guess I thought it was it would just be cool if I did it that way. And truthfully, like I said, I'd already partaken of a little bit of the uh, the white lady, and so. That's when the the idea came to me. It just seemed like it would it would be good, and so I ended up basically doing five years in the hut for that. And luckily, my celly was this master magician named the Great Marino, and he was such a good magician that he made at least thirty five of his of his female fans lose their life savings. <laughs> so, oh, so that's that's that uh, that's one of his magic tricks, huh? Yeah, that, basically, that's why he he was in there also. Anyway, so that's why I learned all these crazy tricks. And, and it, it's where I realized I could use those tricks to launch Dirt Finders, my private surveillance firm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, this explains – I mean, well, definitely it's – so much is making sense now. I've been getting these Dirt Finders emails since I watched the special – and I didn't even sign up for any of it. I've never had an interest in dirt finders and surveillance or any of that stuff. But now I get 10 emails a day and it's impossible to unsubscribe. Super frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, people, it's it's extremely are, frustrating. Yeah, people are just furious about those emails, and yet it, it keeps the name Dirt Finders on their lips weeks after the Magic Show. So I guess you know, mission accomplished. Yeah, well, it's still it's it's more than emails. There's clearly some sort of virus component to it, where the computer gets very cold, like. It just feels like, like it's almost like, is this thing frozen? And then it'll get, then it'll get very hot to where it's like, oh no, there's something wrong with this. It's gonna, my computer's gonna burn up. It's almost like it has like a flu, not even a virus. It's more like a flu. Like it's burning off a virus. Like, like, like my computer was getting the cold sweats almost. Sounds like you're. Uh, it's infected by the CompuBomb virus, mm-hmm. which may have been attached to, to the emails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, great. I didn't ask for any of this, and I'm. Um, I, I, I guess I committed the horrible crime of watching a television show. You know, but I got to say, it, it, it's now. It feels like this whole magic thing of yours is basically just a way for you to promote your stupid surveillance company. Oh, it is. I fucking hate magic. I mean, these these tricks were so hard to master. I, I, I've pretty much given up any semblance of a normal life to get to this level of proficiency. It's like me, Chris Angel, and Doug Henning's son, Henny Henning. We're the only guys doing it at this level at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll tell you, if it takes dirt finders to the top of the private surveillance company mountain, then it'll all have been worth it. To the top of the surveillance mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm about to do a deep dive into this total freak who's on the permanent email list. He collects these things. They're co- they're called, hang on, wacky packages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds bizarre. It, it seems like it's all this guy cares about, too. That and writing what appears to be Frank Zappa fan fiction. And, oh, my God. And, and, and oh, my God, he does this artwork. I, I'm, I'm in his computer right now. There's this one drawing that looks like, Frank Zappa beating up Jim Morrison, and there's like a speech balloon coming out of Zappa's mouth that says, you're dumber than me. And then there's a balloon coming out of Morrison's mouth that says, well, I think you're dumber than me. Oh, my God. Now the drawings are getting pretty raunchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, is that a mustache? Wait, is the mustache... Oh, the mustache... Oh, I, I can't even say what, what's happening here. Oh, look, I need to take an anti-nausea pill or something before I go any further in this. <laughs> this guy's warped. This guy's warped. But, hey, I'm going to hang up now, but I'd love a favor. Can you play a song in honor of the late, great David Phillips? Who passed away? Yes, Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, I'm going to get back to this complete F-O-N, which is, of course, freak of nature. All right, great talking to you. And uh, Can you see a name on that person? 
Uh, yeah, let me see. It says, uh, oh, I don't have a name, but I've got an address. It says, uh, uh, it's Mr. Fahrenheit at yahoo.com. Yeah, that's me. Um, that's you? Oh, my God. That's me. Oh, my God. You're looking God. at my computer. I was worried. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, now, now I'm just sick to my I stomach, Marcus. Oh, I, I can't believe you made him do that to him with his own mustache. Nobody was supposed to see that. Ugh. Oh, Marcus. Stay away from my computer, huh? Wait, oh, you hung up. Well, <clears throat> we are going to play a quick song. Uh, Dave Phillips passed away, uh, great musician played with, uh, Robert Pollard saw him a bunch of times play with Robert Pollard's first band, uh, post GBV, uh, huge loss. Great guy. Play some, one of his favorite, uh, records right now. Pat, I'm set up to play music. Yes. Okay. And we'll be back in a moment. This goes out. Uh, in memory of Dave Phillips, rest in peace. Just a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park. And then later, when it gets dark, we go home. a perfect day Feed animals in the zoo Then later A movie too And then home Oh, it's such a perfect day Best show. We're back. Rest in peace, Dave Phillips. And the number 201-332-3484. If you want to call in and talk about dumb luck is what we were talking about. The things where you were bailed out basically by the universe. The, the moves that you felt like you were, you were, uh, Done, done for, in trouble. Something bad was going to happen. Then suddenly, something intervenes and spares you the uh, the brunt of what could have been. So, uh, Pat, any good calls you want to put on, please? Hello, best show. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? Uh, this is Ben in Minneapolis. Ben in Minneapolis. What's up, Ben? I got one for the topic. Well, what's going on in Minneapolis first? Let's get to know you first, Ben. All right. Uh, well, 
it's getting a little warmer here, which is super nice. I'm a mail carrier, so uh, this is a really exciting time of the year when the weather starts to get a little warmer. A mail carrier in Minnesota. Yeah. You ain't you ain't no Harmar superstar, are you? Oh no, <laughs> I forgot about that. No, uh, that? we're not at the same station, but uh, I would love to see him around. But Harmar Superstar is working as a. There was an article about. It. I'm not saying anything that's like uh, private. It was there was right. a, a. I read an article about it. Yeah, a lot of people sent me that. Yep. I think it sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, honestly, for the most part, uh, it is. Being a mail carrier is cool. Yeah. Um, a really what's funny the, thing. What's the best part is, and what's um, the worst part of it? Uh, um, this is sort of the best and worst part is, um, it makes me inadvertently like really friendly when I'm not working. Um, like whenever people would be riding around with me, uh, in my personal vehicle outside of work, I'm like always waving at people because I forget that I'm not the mailman and in a mail truck where everybody recognizes you and is waving to you constantly. Mm -hmm. So you can't turn it off. Right. Yeah. It's hard to turn off. So I, I guess I just like come across as super friendly um, but it's also maybe weird that, like, this random guy is driving around waving at everyone. I think that sounds nice. I think it's nice that it's bringing out a friendly, the friendliest version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way of looking at it. I like it. I like it, Ben. That's the best Thanks, part of it. What's the worst part? Everybody ever make you – everybody ever ship, like, a – a uh, thing of like vomit or something, and you like have to carry around a box of vomit all day. No, uh, this is this is kind of dark, but um, having to deliver um, like ashes uh, is is very rare, but like a pretty difficult thing to do, and those like require a signature, so you have to deliver them in person, and it's sort of uncomfortable mm-hmm. having to be like. Oh, here's your mail, and by the way, this also. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a, that's a very intense thing. I think, to be fair, they they knew they were coming, though. They, they, yeah. they probably knew they were Hopefully, going to get ashes yeah. in the mail at some point. Yeah, it would, it would be really terrible if they didn't, and I had to be the, the bearer of that news. You'd be like, I have two things to tell you now. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you only have one, and they know they're get, the ashes are on their way. They've set up, they arranged that. So ease up on yourself. True. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty rare. You ever deliver like an album from like a cool place, and you're like, oh, I wonder what cool albums in here. Actually, yeah, that uh, that happens pretty frequently. And then you open, um, and it's a Pablo Cruz album. Then you just throw it in the woods. <laughs> uh, I'll say um, to 
listeners, uh, please, if you can avoid ordering dog food. Um, the mail. Yeah. You don't like that's it when so you got to carry a 50-pound bag of kibble up a flight of stairs? Yeah, and you can tell when it's on, on sale or people find a good deal because you have, like, yeah, three of those things. Mm-hmm. And then, look, I'm not going to get you to name names, but last year with all the mail stuff, what was that like? Um, that didn't, it didn't really hit my station at all. Mm. Um, and if anything, it was like really nice for me personally because everybody was like super. We love you, mail man. Yeah, get that a lot. It's actually, yeah, it's, uh, you know, as far as like how I've been treated at jobs goes and like by customers and stuff, this is by far, uh, the best. Everybody for the most part is really, really sweet and appreciative. That's awesome. And I, I look, I know other people have said this. I think Patton Oswalt has a joke about the going to the post office and I could not agree with him more about it. It's like, I feel the people that work at the post office are amazing and I am embarrassed to the core by my fellow customers when they come in and you'd think they'd never mailed a package in their lives the way they come in. So there'll be somebody in the thing holding like an old rotary phone and they'll be like, I need to mail this. And then it's like, well, go put it in a box. It's it's like you don't know how to you don't know like the basics of it, right? Yeah, like you just show up and drop it off, and it just magically. I I, I myself also yeah, having worked there for a while now, have a much deeper appreciation for the sort of magic of the post office, and it's kind of amazing. Like I'm amazed now whenever I get anything at all, all the hands that that stuff has to go through, and yeah, it's it's. Pretty nuts. When I see someone at the post office and they're walking up to the counter and they're holding a box that basically is wrapped in wrapping paper as if it's uh, Christmas morning, and they're like, I'd like to send this. It's like, you can't send it with Christmas wrapping on it. That's not how you send a package. And then they're like, what? <laughs> and then it's like, and they're like, I need this to get to... I need this to get, uh, to the, uh, the, uh, to, uh, uh, like, name a country. I don't know, to Spain. I need this to get to Spain tomorrow. And then it's like, well, that's going to be very expensive. And then they're like, well, how much? It's like, well, if you needed to get there in two days, that would be, you know, $65. Oh, what? It's like, it's getting sent across the globe and you're the one that's late with it. Yeah. And that, that, that that's possible at all is like miraculous. Yes. It is a minor miracle that you put a thing in a box and pay someone a little bit of money and then it shows up at their place anywhere on the planet. Yeah. But then when they're like, Oh, and also bring your own, bleeping uh, uh packing tape to the post office you if you if you're already there and you don't know how to pack the thing they're not the, it's not the free tape store also <laughs> and people are like they're like well you're gonna have to you're gonna have to seal this okay well can you seal it 
no, we can't. We we already are so overextended here budget wise that we can't. Uh, yeah, we can't just you got like buying thirty people. I mean, you do that. Sick. Yeah. I so I on behalf of all the customers, Ben, I apologize to you and say thank you, USPS employee. Well, we much, salute um, you. And then we wish that Louis DeJoy, I hope he gets put in a box and I hope it's like Waldo Jeffers style, like the gift by the Velvet Underground where he gets shipped across the country. And then Marsha goes and opens the package and she's carving it with that. I'm not getting into it. I'm not, well, whatever. I hope, I hope he gets a little scare like that. I, I, I very much appreciate your support in that regard. Thank you. I don't know so if I what? myself can comment on it, but. No, you don't. You, I'm talking. You're just listening. You're just listening. Right. What's, uh, well, to what do I owe the pleasure of this call today, Ben? So, uh, my thing for the topic, it's, uh, it was a bit of bad luck that sort of turned into good luck. Um, and I feel like I need people to bear in mind here that I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So this was quite a while ago, and I was uh, I was at art art college, and uh, for I, I was a painter. Um, I'm not particularly skilled with my hands and like building stuff, but I was required to take a 3D class. Or we had to, you know, like build and weld and all this stuff that is way over my head. I'm not very good at it. Um, I was not doing well in this class. I needed to do well on this final to pass. And what the assignment was, was we had to build, we could, it was pretty open. We could do basically whatever we wanted. But it had to have some sort of like message, like a political message. And, uh, okay. I, I chose to take up the cause of like, uh, animal rights. And I, uh, had this, I, I built this, I guess I kind of tried to build, uh, a table and made this whole like scene that was like a, commentary on veganism or something um, and like welded these cages and stuff and um, like a few minutes before the critique was supposed to begin um, the entire thing fell apart uh, the table collapsed and all the like all the cages fell apart and this thing it was just like a total mess. So the table and fell apart. Your your work was on you. You had nothing to do with the table itself. With the, I, I the, did. Yeah. I mean, I I made I made this table. Oh, you. So you were responsible. So the so it, it really is. This is the this is the worst nightmare version of thing. The table you made to host your your display your your project fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the teacher wasn't there yet, but most of the class was, 
and they all saw it happen. Um, and I was, you know, kind of panicking because I was like, oh, like, I'm going to fail this, and I, like, I, I'm not going to pass this class. I'm going to have to take it over. Um, and I was like, I guess, like, I'm just going to go with this. And um, I gave my, like, presentation and, like, went through the critique and stuff, and I just acted like um, that was how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a commentary on, you know, like, violence and stuff. And, like, it's a, it's really, like, supposed to be dynamic and, like, interesting to look at from all sides and stuff. Um, and I, I got an A. Oh my God. So you, so you just, you just, um, you just, you just uh, hoodwinked everybody. Yeah. Um, and I guess like I did learn like a really valuable lesson about life from that. Please don't. You better not be the e-cigarette guy. You're not the e-cigarette. Are you? <laughs> Are you going to break my heart and then say no, I learned a no, lesson no. about e-cigarettes for legs? No. No, but I, I didn't, I didn't make it much longer in art school after that either. Okay. But you it, got that it A. Sort of, uh, pulled the, pulled the curtain back on, uh, mm-hmm. on the whole thing. You got that sweet A, huh? Yeah. Just, uh, on this, you know, pile of crap that fell apart minutes before I presented it. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben, I like that story. That's a good one. That's dumb luck stepping in to spare you the humiliation of, of having to explain why the table collapsed and your project is in, is in tatters on the floor. Um, what's one thing? Give me one final thing about what, what do you as a mail carrier wish people would do other than not order dog food? What can they do to make things go sm- more smoothly? Oh man, I know I'm, I'm going to be kicking myself later because I'm going to think about like 20 things are going to come to mind. Um, I don't know, really. Uh, for the most part, people are really considerate and nice, and okay. really like any sort of small gestures, really, really nice. Um, even just like. People saying, hey, or thanks, or, mm-hmm. you know. Now, when I was a child, I was about eight years old, I would say. I was the summer, and uh, our house had some some shrubs in front. And then I, uh, I opened the front door, and then the uh, one day, and the mailman burst out of the bushes of our house. He clearly decided to relieve himself in the bushes in front of our house and he like burst out of them like, like and like didn't even look back uh-huh well what do you make of that um either well i mean that's obviously something we're really not supposed to do and uh oh you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to you're not supposed to uh, to uh to uh urinate in the in the bushes of the customers no, that's sort of frowned upon. Uh, what most people do, and I myself have never done this, 
uh, is like they'll pee in bottles in their trucks or vans. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, one of those bottles will like just get left in a truck or a van or will accidentally uh, get in with like people's outgoing mail or something. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, That's happened before. Are there ever days when you look and you see that you finish, you, you have like, boy, that was a rough day, but the truck is empty now. And then you pull back and then, then, you know, 10 hours later, you're back again and that truck is full. Are you ever just sometimes like, I can't do it today? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, tomorrow might be one of those days, but, uh, today was really good. Usually, you know, it's, uh, I regard it with a lot of equanimity. Um, there are What's a lot of mean? good I'm days and a lot of bad days. What's equanimity mean, Ben? I'm not a smart um, person. It sort of balances out the good and the bad. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I wish I was uh, smarter. Well, I'm at the point in my life where I find myself being like, boy, oh boy, I'm sure, uh, sure taking me a while to get through this 33 and a third book about, uh, about this Brian Eno album. It's like, it's a, um, it's a book. Yeah. It's a hundred pages long. What's, what's taking me so long? Yeah. I think I, I'm, I, I think I'm leaking brain power, Ben. Can't get through anything. You ever read a magazine you see on the route? You ever read, sit down and you read a Vanity Fair? Uh, that's really tempting. I, I get a lot of, uh, like celebrity gossip that I probably otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Just from the, the covers alone. Sure, sure. That makes sense. You see a lot of us weeklies and whatnots. Oh yeah. You still yeah, bringing TV guides stuff. around to people? Is that still a thing? Um, yeah, oh, you would be surprised. People, people are always, uh, really surprised that, um, so many people still get DVDs from Netflix. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of can't surprise believe it. Me. They don't I, have everything. I, I, See, the thing is, everybody's like, well, won't you just stream it? It's like, well, I want to say this to right now. If you tell me to just go stream it, you tell me how I'm supposed to watch Say, for example, the movie Jungle Fever, a hit movie. This is a major motion picture. You tell me where that's streaming. It ain't. You only get it on DVD. You tell me, oh, oh, you just go stream it. Oh, should I just go stream, for example, Girl 6, another Spike Lee movie. Get on the bus, not available. These things aren't available sometimes. The only place you get them is is a, a... is a hard copy of it. That's true. That's true. It's a sick world, Ben, and we're just doing what we can to get through. We're just like the squirrel in that CNC Music Factory song, trying to get a nut to move your butt, right? Remember when he said that? I I don't, honestly. Okay, well, who's the best band ever from Michigan? I mean, not from Minnesota. The best band ever from Minnesota. Is it Prince, Bob Dylan? 
Husker Du, Soul Asylum. Prince, Husker Du, yeah. Uh, maybe Code Man Size Action. Is it Man Size Action? Oh, Man Size Action. Yeah, could be. But you says Prince? Uh, Prince is definitely up there, yeah. You got any pull over at Paisley Park if I decide to take the tour? Uh, I, I have never been there myself. Uh, which is kind of shameful to admit. You gotta get over there, Ben. You know what? I should. Thank you, Tom. That's, uh, I wonder what that's like right now with, uh, the COVID stuff. There's a lot of people wearing masks. Yeah, maybe that, that might be a good, uh, good Mm -hmm. quarantine activity. That seems like it could be pretty safe walking around there. Mm I love it. Well, my friend, you call anytime you want and you uh, stay, stay, stay safe out there. Watch out for the dogs. They're going to chomp, chomp your butt and, uh, and oh, uh, no more dog food. Uh, Don't order no more dog food, everybody. Dogs, uh, most of the dogs I encounter are super nice and I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love it. Cause, but what do you, what they do with you every day is every day, you are a threat, and every day they eventually drive you away, and they consider themselves victorious, that every day they defeat that guy. Right. So I, I think that they also love mail carriers because we're such a boost for their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, every day it's just like, here comes that guy again. I'm going to start barking. And then they start barking, start barking, and it's like, yeah, I did it again. He's gone. Protecting the house. Yeah. The dog, you, the, the, you, you are the threat and the dogs drive you off. Yeah. Those, uh, you've yet to win. You've yet to win in the dog's eyes. They're dangerous. All right, buddy. Nice guy. Nice guy. USPS. Louis DeJoy, the Postmaster General, not a good guy. Pat, how are you? I'm doing all right. What's going on? What's, what's, uh, what's taking the temperature of things? What's going on tonight? Are people having fun? I think people are having a good time. We have a, uh, uh, an old favorite on line one. My old favorite on line one. God help me. I am. Uh, is it is it a, an actual favorite or a favorite because people like to hear me squirm when this favorite calls? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. All right. Let's do it. It is a, it's a little bit Best of both. Shao, hi. It's a little bit of both, Tom. It is. It's. Oh, I know who this is Greg right Arthur. off the bat. I recognize that that voice. That the dulcet tones. The dulcet tones of not Chris Gethard. But his brother no. Greg, Greg Gethard. Yeah. And he is, he's, 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 if Chris is, if Chris is chill, this guy runs hot. And if right. Chris is, uh, if Chris is just like a amiable guy that tries to make everybody feel good, this guy's a troublemaker and he, he sees an agent of chaos and okay. he, that is- he looks, 
He looks to leave his mark. But I'm chaotic good. All right. Well, you you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> Tom, I had a um, your last call. You were talking about how you weren't smart and everything. Mm-hmm. I beg to differ, and and that's the reason why I'm calling. Is I I had an offer for you. Um, one of the many things I do on the side is I teach an adjunct uh, college class in public speaking, and I do it Wait, on the side of what? On the on the what? You said you do these things on the side, but what are, what are, what is your regular gig? Without being too specific, boring, if you don't boring, want to, it's boring, boring thing where I help rich people get richer. Just PR. It's boring. Not anything interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, know, but I do interesting stuff outside of the nine to five. You know. Okay. And uh, are you rich? Are you making a lot of money? I'm, I'm financial guru. Financial guru Greg Ethard. You know, I, I was on GameStop early. I was on, you know, Robin Hood early, and you know, and I and I get out on time. That's that's when you if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll get all the stock tips you want. How much money did you make on GameStop? I made exactly by returning games over the years, or from buying the stock because I bought from the stock, that. not from yeah, not buy. from bringing back I games. Did, I didn't buy any GameStop stock. I'm not I'm not a day trader. No. I, I, I don't. I don't do that kind of stuff. That's gambling. That's just gambling, and a bunch of people got lucky uh, that they made any money on that. But, 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 Tom, I'm coming to you because I, I teach a class in public speaking once a week to uh, college kids, and I'm inviting you to be a guest lecturer slash person to um, judge my quality as a professor. How much does this pay? I'd be free of charge because I barely make a, a thing doing it. It's a, a very small private college mm-hmm. without a lot of pay or anything like that. So I, I do get paid a little bit. And that's my uh, f- that's my fault now. I got to go do a thing for free because cause the financial guru didn't figure out a deal where he gets paid. Well, I get paid a little bit. But I can't. I don't have like the college endowment fund at my fingertips here. Financial but. guru guys like, well, <laughs> I do a thing for free. Yeah, they're they're kind of really sticking it to me, but no, I'm a financial guru. <laughs> it's not a class in finance; it's a class in public speaking. All right, so you do a class in public speaking, and are these yeah. people? Is this like uh, people who are learning English, or is this people who are learning uh, just like how how to speak, uh, how to like maximize their their? Uh, a, what 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 is it? You tell me. People, people, it's like a, every every kid at this college has got to take the public speaking class, and you got to get up and learn, you know, how to how to make a speech, how to make a presentation on PowerPoint, that that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And it's not easy for a lot of. I learned it's not easy for a lot of students. I didn't I didn't really appreciate that, but I've had students like who came close to passing out doing it, and a lot of anxiety with it. A lot, I, I came to really, really kind of re- respect that and, and that it's hard for people to to do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And But a lot of the students are also really, really entertaining and interesting students. Um, I have one, one student in a presentation. Um, the presentation is uh, one thing I want you to know about me, and most of the kids, like, I, I want you to know about the time I went to Costa Rica or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, this, this student of mine this semester named Taria, Tarja's uh, uh, thing was, I want you to know about the type of coffee I get at Wawa. And she spent a, about a five-minute presentation 
talking about her coffee order at Wawa, which was she mixes hazelnut creamer with vanilla creamer, eight packets of brown sugar with six packets of white sugar, um, and then she puts in um, some of the regular coffee from Wawa, and then she puts in some of the um, he, um, the hazelnut, uh, or no, one of the other flavorings, like the Colombian dark roast and then with a normal roast. And she mixes it up in a 16-ounce cup. She prefers the white dome, shakes it up, and uh, and that's what she did a presentation about in, in class. And it was a lovely presentation. Made me think of you and Wawa, your love of now did she now she is no longer with us of course because that sounds like a a fast track to uh an early grave that uh that sounds like well, she must well just pour a bag of sugar in her mouth well Tom I'll have you know for the next week i i tried the i tried her recipe before the class to review it for mm-hmm. the students yeah and I can't believe she's a human i can't believe she's alive either because i yeah. I had half of this thing and I was like wow like this is this is not good. This is not doing good things to my body right now. And she says she has this thing every day of her life. Okay. Um, but you know, she's a good, she's a good, um, you know, she did a good job in the speech. It was very entertaining, very interesting. Okay. No, good for her. That's great. So you, you want me to appear at this class? I essentially want you to come into my class in front of my professors and roast me. This sounds like a headache. This <laughs> sounds like this sounds like a headache. Well, are you asking your brother to do it? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. Why not? He's famous. I mean, I, he is famous, but he is famous and everything. But but um, you know, like my brother Dick Chris Martin, Gathers, oh, Chris oh, Gathers, the famous comedian yeah. and uh, and uh, podcast. He has he has uh, a bunch of podcasts, and now yeah. he has an entire network. Where he's making new- so much money. Oh my god. Oh he's rolling how much he's money. Rolling he's in that podcast that podcast Patreon loot is coming. He's got coming he's got this New Jersey podcast going. Mm-hmm. This New Jersey podcast network going. Network, yeah. First of all, he makes a mountain of money on that one where he gets these people to call up and, and say I uh you know, I I had a, a thing where I started, you know, Eating, yeah. eating people's, uh, 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 you know, edible arrangements off their porches and they, <laughs> right, conf- right, like people confessing, right. they talk about right. that and then he hangs up and then they hand him a bag of cash at the yeah. end of every episode. And then yeah. he has this podcast network. It's like, what's it called? New Jersey is the world. Is that what it's called? Yes. It's called that, I believe. And it's amazing. Look, he's one of my favorite people and he's, he's somebody I, 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 I consider a, uh, ins- constant inspiration. Chris Gethard is truly one of my favorite people on the planet and he's incredibly funny and incredibly talented and smart and ha- has visions for things that always impress me. So why aren't you asking him? He's your brother. Well, cause you, I, I wanted you on. You're, I, you're, you have the, you have, you have the best show. Chris doesn't have the best show. You have the best show. Yeah, you're sweet. You're you sweet. named it. You named it. You named it everything. But and all I'm saying is every time, every time you come knocking around, it's I want this, I want that. I finally, you I, finally tweet at me. Hey, Tom, why don't you tell me uh, like to endorse some thing or like, I see you bugging what? your brother for that. 
Well, no, you did. Like two months ago, you were tweeting at me. Hey, would you mind trying to get so-and-so to do a thing or whatever? What were you asking? You know what you were asking. I, was, I think I was probably asking you to help retweet someone and not give some company that's given money to, you know, insurrectionist supporters could, like, retweet mm-hmm. and say. Okay, yeah, that was it. I, I didn't see you hitting your brother up for that. Oh, no, he was retweeting them already. Yeah. I don't know about you, Craig. Is it Craig or Greg? I can never it's remember. It's Greg. It's Greg. Greg. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Greg. And the thing, the New Jersey podcast, it's like my, it's me and Chris is like, it's him and our, like, two of our closest friends from, from growing up telling us, I, it's the, for the episodes I've heard, I come up a lot in them and they didn't ask me to be on it. Mm hmm. And, and it's, but, but it's really great. It's so good. I, well, I what would you do? What would you, what kind of, let's do it. And let's do a, let's do a pitch to your brother's podcast network right now. Greg should be what on would, it. Who, who's it? Is Thank that Pat? You. Yeah. Greg should be on it. Greg Thank should you. be on Chris's podcast yeah. network, but I can also understand why Chris. Of course, but I mean, it's like a life's too short kind of thing. Yeah. You but, know what I mean? But I'm like, I'm like, who's this? Who's this other guy? I'm like, why isn't Greg on there? Come on. Guest star. Pat, I got to say, why isn't Pat on there? Honestly, honestly, yeah. We should do a New Jersey because we're from neighboring town. I grew up a town away from town. you guys. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I haven't even had a conversation about it once. Mm-hmm. But you and Craig, you and Craig grew up because they grew up in um, Livingston, I believe. The Gethard family. No, we, we was in Short right. Short Hills. West Orange. We West got, Orange. Yeah. I was in Verona. We're from Short Hills, definitely. We went to a Pingree, the Pingree School, Bernardsville, where our horse farm was, and all that. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, no we Richie Riches. Yeah, yeah. We're from the. Yeah, we're rich, like swimming in the swimming in the um uh, the family yeah. wealth. Yeah, we got uh, we got Doris Duke Jr. on the line right now. <laughs> no way, yeah. no way. For for folks. Unaware. Tom's kidding. Tom's kidding. We're simple folks. We're yeah. simple, simple, simple blue, simple New Jersey folks. The you check out the, the check out their look. I'll say this. This is all you need to know about Greg and Chris Gethard. The shopping mall they go to that they grew up at had a literal hell, helipad on the roof. Which one? Willowbrook or Livingston? We were like a two mall town. West Orange is a Short Hills. Town. Short Hills Mall. Oh, Short Hills. The Livingston Mall. Livingston Mall has a heli- helipad on the roof. Well, Livingston Mall has like like uh, it, Livingston Mall had a um, this weird whale statue in the middle of it, and it was also like, like it was also like a corridor wide. It was just yeah, like it was like a corridor. Well, I remember there I remember there being a food court, and I was like, why is there a food court here? Or or yeah, maybe it, or maybe there wasn't a food. I can't remember now. It was a very it was like a side wing. It was you know, so like, weird. Like a, a, you yeah, only went to Livingston if you were desperate for some or, random thing. Yeah. Or like, or like, or like my, my friends all worked at like Sam Goody at Livingston. That's why, that's why we would go to Sam, to, to Livingston or, or Sears. Or Sears for our big, you know, right. every year, uh, Chris, uh, school shopping at the Sears there. But, um, oh, Livingston. Living stop with the poor stop. See, no, this is not, how you I, rich I, guys do I, it. It's yeah. convenient to act, it's convenient to act middle class. Uh, when it's and then suddenly it's just like, but you still got your fancy. You're at the Short Hills Mall eating eating right. McDonald's off glass plates. Yeah, no. eating, eating, eating at the legal seafood at Short Hills Mall. 
Yeah. That's the only time I've ever been to Short Hills Mall was for legal seafood. But dumbest name for a restaurant ever: legal seafood. Yeah. Hey, it's it's legal. No, but this is how this is how oppressive uh, Short Hills actually was. Willowbrook, which was like the go-to mall for for the any yeah. per, any, any stature of class person, there was. You could just like go to any bus stop, and it went to the Willowbrook Mall. You 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 could not not find a bus or any form of public transportation to take you to Short Hills anywhere. Random anywhere. You just couldn't get there. You you had to have a friend who could drive you there, and even then, it's like why? So you could, as as you said, eat off a glass plate. Like it was crazy how how much different of a world it was there. But yeah, Willowbrook was was the go to, but Livingston was kind of like. What did they have? A Roy Rogers for some reason? It was a very strange. Yeah, place. they had a they had a Roy Rogers. Yeah. Um, they had a uh, Alwick record. That was Alwick. Alwick. I pronounced it Alwick. Yeah, Alwick. Yeah. How are you pronounce it? I went in there in ninth grade and asked the record store uh, guy there. Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, do you have an alternative rock section? Uh, in like <laughs> yeah. 1991, and he laughed in my face and said, "No, we do not have alternative rock." Which wow. I'm sure the whole store was. That probably, but then um, uh, they had that. They had a Sam Goody. Um, um, oh, oh, they had a, a Mrs. Fields cookies. Yeah, and and then they had like a little uh, shake place right next to that, and a hot Sam pretzel. And, you, and you just any pretzel. other details you want to give? Anything else? I remember, any other? Well, he just described the entire mall. That's how he big it was. He described every mall. But, Pat, did you ever go to the arcade? At oh, the, oh, wait, hold on a minute. The mall had a Mrs. Fields cookies in it. That's every mall. I, I, Come on, Craig. Tighten it up. I didn't, I didn't say it was <laughs> to answer your mall. question, yes, every I went to the mall. was terrible. No, you should have gone to this mall. They had a Mrs. Field cookies and a Sears, and then they had a parking spots outside for the cars, and wait, wait, then wait. you'd go in, and they'd have doors on them, Willow, and you'd have Willow to open them to get inside. Willowbrook Mall was so much more exciting. It had a Joseph A. Bank. It had um, a, oh, um, it, it had the um, the thing where you can get uh, the Magic Card Store and uh, board games and whatever that place is. Willowbrook Mall was pretty. Willowbrook Mall is pretty bang. And Mill Park Mall uh, in Central Jersey, you may be a little bit more familiar with that town. That's that was a, that's a Hall of Fame Jersey Mall. I mean, Pat should do a show about malls, New, New Jersey malls. Why don't you pitch it here? Why don't you and Pat? Oh, I'm serious. All right. See I'm if in. we can. Can we get Chris to call in right now? Can somebody hit Chris up? I wish we had somebody that <laughs> knew his number. I, yeah. If only. If only. I think he's probably asleep. He, he's uh, being a family man. He, he's probably waked up. But I'll, I, Pat, do you want to? you want to pitch? Wait. Wait. I, wait. Why don't we call his hotline on the air and leave a message? Leave a message on the hotline. It's perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Because Chris Gethard, look, I want to say this. Chris grew up middle class. Greg did not. Yeah. Um, I I inherited the wealth of the family. My brother, my brother struggled underneath that, under my depressive thumb of my wealth. Yes. It was like a, it was like a fresh prince situation. (laughs) Um, they had going on. (laughs) Right, right, right. In their, uh, um, but Chris started this network called New Jersey, a podcast network where they have all these shows. New Jersey is the world. And I'm telling you, Pat is the greatest ambassador. Look, and this network's huge. It has this Bruce Springsteen has a show on the network now with President Obama. <laughs> That's right. They're both doing a show on Chris's podcast network. <laughs> Chris, Chris yep. what Chris should do is go get 
He should see if he could get like Southside Johnny. He should see if he could get like, <laughs> see if he could get like a broken version of, he gets one with like, if it's like Southside Johnny does one with Chris Christie would be like the, the, that their network version of the Obama Springsteen podcast. So we could do we a good friend of ours from West Orange. Um, uh, his he has two two cousins on both opposite sides of the family, and I should pester my friend Josh to get them together to do a podcast. One is insult comedian Jeff Ross is his cousin on his mom's side, and on his dad's side, his cousin his dad's cousin is uh, Max Weinberg from the E Street Band. Wouldn't that be a great New Jersey podcast if Jeff Ross and Max Weinberg together? I don't know about Jeff. No, Ross, no, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, I do know with, uh, Max Weinberg, the only podcast I want to hear him talk about is trying to, is trying to, uh, sneak hot food out of the commissary, <laughs> which I heard was a regular occurrence. Yeah. He was yeah. the band leader on Conan. Yeah. He you go, you you go to the, the, uh, the, uh, salad bar and that it would cost the hot food would cost a little more than the cold salad bar stuff and that he would put <laughs> hot food in the cold salad bar container and then just try to like hope they would just weigh it but and like charge him the cold price and i heard once a lid flipped up and like all this steam poured out <laughs> i i worked very closely with max and and the mm-hmm. band and the entire band used to sit in one circular table at the commissary, like clockwork at the same time, Max was never there. It was just the rest of the Max Weinberg 7 mm-hmm. at one table. No Max. But, no so like, he, he would just come and go. Yeah, I didn't even play drums on Born to Run. Didn't even play drums on that. On the song Born to Run. On the song, the, on the song Born to Run, that's somebody else. Haunts him till the end of time. Because he can't get the syncopation. He couldn't do that. But it's like it eluded him. So the last time I saw Bruce, um, little Stevie was out making his Norwegian crime show. Like I can't remember the name of that. And he Lily was Hammer. replaced with yeah, Lily Hammer. He was replaced with Tom Morello of um. You guys know who he is, obviously. And it was like the most mind, I, I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching Tom Morello eat his guitar, like during like Rosalita. It was so, it was so like jarringly the juxtaposition of that and everything. And I could not believe that that happened. And it made no sense to me as to why that merger occurred between the E Street Band and Tom Morello. <laughs> Like, yeah, guitar sounds like a washing machine. Yeah, it was. He was like set the guitar on fire at one point, playing with his feet, and and it's like, and then like Clarence's nephew is like doing like in the background, like smiling, like he like like likes this, and you can know like everyone in the band is like, get this guy out of here, like this is the worst thing we've ever seen in our lives, like, and it was so jarring. Take it easy, Craig. What's the hotline? I got it right here. All right. Good, good, good. You want me to call on speaker? Yes, please. And we can all talk? Yeah. How long do you think this message will give us to talk? You get about a minute. You get about a minute. The best show with Tom Sharpling. We had to identify a name. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Hey, Chris, it's Tom, your friend Tom Sharpling. Um, I'm here with your brother Craig and Pat Byrne from The Best Show, and they have an idea for a podcast for your network that they would like to pitch to you. Go ahead, guys. Pat, you go for it. You go for it first. Chris won't listen to me. Sure. So uh, it's me and and Greg, uh, your brother, and we're talking about malls in New Jersey, Um, highs, lows, um, what the scene was like. What uh, if if they had an arcade? What that what that situation was like? Um, Mrs. Fields cookies. If they had Mrs. Fields. Oh, shut up about the Mrs. Field cookie. That's the most boring. Pat, Chris, they're not the Mrs. Field cookie thing. Won't be a part of the thing. That's a dumb idea. It's not gonna. That's a bad fit. Every mall in the country has Mrs. Field cookies. But the rest is going to be gold. Um, and yes, the rest to- is going to be gold. And personally, I think it should be Pat and maybe someone else. Not not. Not your brother. No offense. I know he's. I know he's your family, but uh, I know you also have severe issues with him as well. So it's you. There's probably a reason why he doesn't have a show on the network already. We don't. It's, it's, some things don't need to be said out loud. But hey, let's say first episode, me and Greg, and uh, we'll take it from yeah. there. We'll take it. From and there. I do not give permission for my voice to be used on the uh, on uh, any podcast on your network, and I will sue you if. Uh, <laughs> If you use my voice as part of any of the stuff, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you later, Chris. Text me back. All right. There it is. Uh, Hopefully the the audio worked. I I had to uh, switch between the mic and the uh, headphone speaker, so hopefully the quality was all right. Um, I think it'll be great. Yeah. And I think you guys, I look forward to get mauled. Oh, that, oh, we should have we should have brainstormed this before. Well, let's call back. All right, let's call back. Let's call back with the title of the show: "Get Mauled." Unless you have other suggestions, um, we'll, we'll figure it out on the call. Don't don't, don't, don't burn it now, Craig. Okay. Now, okay. Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. Uh, following up from the best show with Tom Sharpling about mall pats. Mall pats is pretty good. Well, why don't you save your pitching for whatever West Virginia podcast <laughs> you got going on? Actually, West Virginia is going to be a reel-to-reel tape recorder. <laughs> Who's the biggest band from West Virginia again? Biggest band from West Virginia. I don't know. Let me see. Uh, 
thank you for that. If you're not comfortable with that, please hang up now. And yeah, go for broke. Can't wait to hear your stories. Say your first name. Say what town you're from. Leave your story. It might show up in a podcast online. Thanks. Hey, Chris, it's Tom calling back again. I'm here with uh, your brother Craig and Pat Byrne. We're trying to think of show titles, and I said it could be called Get Mauled. Um, what what idea did you have, Pat? Anything? Uh, I second the Get Mauled title. I think it's a great um, title. It kind of brings people in, and, you know, it's a little mysterious, and it's also a little dangerous, and that's New Jersey in a nutshell. So uh, let's boogie. Tom has my, so, my contact info, and I could uh, get it to you as well. And I just wanted to add on, once we get done talking about the malls, um, we could also expand out into New Jersey Turnpike and Garden State Parkway rest areas. But malls first, definitely malls first. But I think body picture rest area is a good topic as well. Just wanted to run that by the team uh, while we're still while we're um, powwowing, and we'll circle back with you, Chris. Exactly. That's and yeah, and uh Jason Gore said it should be called uh what did you say it was called? Mall, mall Pats. Pats. Mall Pats, but that sounds like Mall Pets. It sounds like a weird kids cartoon. Oh, I get it now. So it would be written in the Mall Rats font. It'd be written in the Mall the the logo for the show would be you you Pat are our Brody uh from the movie um Craig is going to be uh, dressed like Silent uh, Bob. Uh, and then Dudia will be on it as LaFours, the security guard um, from the movie. And then Stan Lee will also be a part of it, even, even though he's no longer with us uh, physically yeah. on this realm. We will perform a, a, a blood ritual and a seance before every episode of Mall Pats to uh, to summon his ghost and, ca- and ideally capture his ghost. Like uh, in Sandman, he will be captured in some sort of glass enclosure, and he will be forced to appear on a podcast from uh, on this earthly realm. Well, so if- that's one of the ideas. That's maybe we're burying the lead that this podcast will have um, <laughs> uh, the the spirit of Stan Lee trapped in a glass enclosure in it, and be forced to appear on this plane. Uh, but that will also be a component of. Mall pads. Well, what, well, what if we also? Oh, go ahead. What if we um, try to license unused footage of cameos from the Marvel universe of Stan Lee, and then see if there's any salvageable audio if they rolled sound on those, and mm-hmm. maybe maybe he had a quip, and then and we kind of meld that into the podcast, Tom. Or I love what it. if we ordered cameos from voiceover artists from Marvel cartoons? And also maybe more, um, cameo appearances from people who appeared in Marats and view skewverse per- personalities. Sure, we get uh, we get uh, Brian O'Halloran, we get uh, Jeff Anderson, Sorry, we get guys, all the we, they, all the regulars. The, get the, Steve, the, Dave, get the comic book guys back. Um, all of it will be on the show. This recording ended. Uh, Sorry, guys. It, what's that? Um, it was a, a Google Voice recording, and it, I guess okay. it timed out, and it just went. Oh, that's good. Well, we we gave it our best. It said goodbye, but um, yeah. I'm, with all this mall rats talk, I'm surprised uh, Mike hasn't chimed in. Well, he's legally unable to mention Kevin Smith uh, oh, okay. for, <laughs> for another 15 years. The, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Lawsuit. Like a, a yeah. yeah, I just rewatched Clerks two weeks ago. Okay. Um, just Why? Just, but, yeah. But did you think uh, something different was going to happen? 
I, I hadn't seen it in like 10 years. Like I knew what was going to happen. I That's a good it. thing I, when you get that far away uh, from I, it. I, I know, I know, I know. It's one of those things I was just exhausted and I wanted something on that I knew I would hate. So I could mm-hmm. just like, I had to keep it on, but I didn't have to pay attention to it. And, sure. And well, wow, you're really living your best movie. life now, huh? I am. I am. <laughs> I was exhausted, so I wanted to put something on that I would hate. I think what I'll probably do after your show ends is, um, if I can't get to sleep, I'll be putting on a little film called Chasing Amy. Yeah, you're just gonna. You mean the Criterion film, Chasing Amy? Yep. Yep. And um, it's on HBO uh, Max, and it has that. Um, that doesn't have Mallrats. Mallrats is not on there, but it does have Day and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. And No Great Clerks movie. too. Yeah. Great so movie. Yeah, I guess we're going star, like starring uh, yeah, yeah. best show uh, <laughs> best shows AP Mike is is uh, one of the co-stars in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. When I tell people that, I always tell them that I appear in the first ten minutes, so you can cut out it. You can cut out early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you're in it. Before, <laughs> you're in it before Will Ferrell uh, uh, comes in as Marshall Will and Holly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a uh, little fun thing that he ended up being in the Land of the Lost movie and was also in a he was also a character named Marshall Will and Holly, which is the three characters from Land of the Lost. Fun uh trivia there for for View Universe fans. Um You're still deep in it, Tom. You 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 haven't forgotten this stuff. It's still there. I mean I don't I don't know half this stuff. Yeah, I mean you're mentioning characters from Mall Rats. I'm like, wow. I'm impressed. Oh, thanks, Mike. I, 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 to be You're honest, real? I do I do quiz myself um, I mean, so that I keep I keep sharp. Steve Dave and you, I mean, yeah, Mike. Was oh. one set in Jane Science Bob for the scene where I, I I mean I only saw that once. I can't remember a thing from that. But um, it's because you didn't hate it enough, huh? You didn't. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I I, I tolerated it enough, I guess. No, but isn't there a scene in there where Jay, Jay and Silent Bob have to kind of get through some kind of laser maze, like a Star Wars kind of maze? And I was just, like, thinking, like, that had to be the longest shoot of a scene ever done. Like, I can just imagine Kevin Smith trying to get it right and just couldn't get the lights right or something like that. Or am I- You mean, what do you mean, like the like the Catherine Zeta-Jones scene in that one movie where she was paired with Sean Connery, who's, like, four times her age? <laughs> But it's like, is it like James on Bob Strike Back? It's like a heist movie. Is it, is like, do they, I can't remember the plot of it, but there's like some there were some heist movie. elements. Yeah, is it, know, that, like a, is it that a Mission Impossible uh, homage? That's with right. The, that with the beams. One. Yeah. Well, there's no the thing with the beams is like uh, the scene where Catherine Zeta Jones is in that one movie, and it's like where she's crawling through the laser beams. Entrapment. Entrapment. Right, 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 right. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And I also want to say this. I appeared on the weekend on a, uh, a podcast. Keith and the girl are friends of the best show and, uh, they have a movie themed podcast called Silent Trailers. And I'm not sure where is, where you can get this, but, uh, why didn't I promote it earlier? Simply because it was a competitive show and I didn't want to look stupid in front of my audience potentially, but I can say this. I went on it. I cleaned Keith's clock on it, uh, big time. There were five rounds. I won four out of the five rounds. Um, I demolished on the show, uh, almost clean sweep. Uh, I was a millisecond away from a clean sweep. 
Um, we still went four and one and it's really f- a fun show to check out. Silent trailers was a really good time and they're really funny. And it's a, it's a great concept where you have to guess what the movie is based on. Uh, Hemda's describing the trailer and she doesn't know movies very well. So she's describing them and you have to use your movie knowledge to figure out what she's talking about for figure out what somebody who doesn't know much about movies is talking about. Um, yes. So check it out where you can. So Tom, are you coming to my class or what? No, <laughs> absolutely not. All right. I figured I'd try one more time. Yeah. Well, you did. You gave your best, but I guess your best wasn't good enough. I won't attend your class on public speaking. You're gonna let down. I I, I promise these kids I'd have some. I promise them I have a guest speaker on Thursday, and now mm-hmm. I'm striking out. Well, who are you gonna get? Well, you could go get, go get somebody else. Why don't you go get uh? Go get, go get, go get fish face from, uh, your brother's old show. Right? Well, the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, is he didn't talk on the show. Yes, Unless he did. He did those Unless jokes. Human fish, right? Yeah, whatever his name was. Yeah. I mean, he didn't he talk did, unless you asked He him did joke. He did pie. He did riddles. I could use some more riddles in my class. Yeah. Go get more riddles. Look, Craig, Greg, I love you. You're truly one of my favorites. I know I tease you a little bit. I, I know. But I love you. You're a good guy. So I haven't called him, so it's just, but it's just in the way, you know. They just, yeah, they, you didn't need anything. That's guy. why you didn't call. I didn't need anything. Sorry, I didn't call. Sorry, I didn't call anytime recently. I didn't need anything. Now that I need yeah. something, now I'm, I'm on the line for, I'm on hold for four and a half hours. Right, 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 right. You're transparent, buddy. You're transparent. If you were a stock, I'd short you. Oh, you, you run and throw my terms in my face like that. No, Tom, you are the best, and thank you so much for letting me All right, sweetheart. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. It's nice to hear from you. I'll talk talk to you you soon. All right, bye. Bye. Who else we got? Well, anybody here have a dumb luck story? Pat, Jason, Mike. Oh, out of us. Um, I have to. Uh, I'm sure I got. I mean, this. Okay, well, give, give it a thought. Anybody yeah. else have one immediately? Yeah, I got one. Now let's hear it. So uh, it is Christmas, 2010, and it's right around, right after. Well, no, it's not. It's February of 2021. I'm just setting the stage. Think back oh, what it felt like okay. Christmas 2010. I was like, this guy is way off <laughs> on his dates. So like it's 11 Christmas. years off. <laughs> so it's Christmas 2010 and, uh, Kristen and I are doing Christmas, uh, at her mom's house. It's right after her dad died. Uh, so it was already kind of a tough Christmas. And, um, this is down in Black Mountain, North Carolina, right outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And we see on the news that a gigantic snowstorm is coming. So we decide that morning to just get on the road and see if we can make it back to Jersey City. Mm-hmm. And okay, wow, you're going for it. We went for it. This is a, what, what is that? It's a, 
normally, uh, like Christmas roads, we're talking maybe 12 hour drive mm-hmm. with all the Christmas traffic, snow, definitely a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. so by the time we get to the Virginia, North Carolina border, like roads are already getting slick. Like cars are already just flying off the road, but we just keep powering up I 81. Okay. By the time we get to the Jersey border, like the Pennsylvania, New Jersey border, which is usually, I mean, you know that border. It's a, it takes about an hour to get from there to Jersey City. It took us, mm-hmm. uh, and we were driving a little, uh, what, like 2004 Toyota Echo, like a very tiny wind would blow it off the road car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that one hour drive from the Jersey border, from Pen- Jersey, Pennsylvania border took about three hours going about, yeah, 15 miles an hour just up that, up those mountains. Sure, people sure. People are just blowing off the road left and right. Like all the SUVs who feel like they can drive really fast in those because they're an SUV. Mm-hmm. They're just flipping, yeah. flipping they don't all realize, around us. They don't realize they don't have control over their own vehicle. Yeah. So we have eventually get like the, the snow is just piling up around us. And we get to, uh, right around Newark airport and we pull off onto an exit. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. We're, we're done. We are going to get stuck. We're going to be stuck out here by the airport. Like the snow is up to the side of my door, like right where the window is. Okay. But somehow we keep plowing through and we do not stop. We do not slide. We make it just, I mean, we're going probably five miles an hour at this point in time. Uh, we make it back to the apartment in Jersey and, uh, yeah, cars, just blowing off all around us. So somehow though, so guys, so you get back. So yeah, we get back there, but like even on our block, like cars that are, that are just barely moving are just like crashing left and right all around us. So, so what you're saying is everything worked out for you. (laughs) Everything worked out. For the entire drive. For the entire 12 hour drive. Wow. Where we should have blown off the road at some point in time. We made it back in time to the apartment and our landlords, Augusto and Georgina had two trays of enchiladas, like hot enchiladas waiting for us. Wow. Cause we called them out from the road to saying like, we might need help. Make us enchiladas. We, that's, we, did, we just, we ordered it basically. They're like, you oh, ordered we ordered them to stuff, make, but I guess as, as you know, when you order your landlord to make you dinner. Right. Right. They have uh, to do it. It's like, it's like uh Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. There are certain things that have to happen. <laughs> yeah, but like that trip, I, I still think about that trip a lot. And, uh, yeah, there's no way we should have made that trip. And it was just pure dumb luck that we made it all the well, way. I'm home. glad you made it. I'm glad you're still here. Thank you. You've got some work to still do. I do. You still got your purpose has yet to be, uh, resolved. I thought, I thought your purpose was going to be a snack taster. <laughs> <laughs> that ship, that ship has sailed. That I don't think so. Done. I think you're coming back. I emailed them because someone was like, well, reach out to the producer and just pitch something. So I pitched, uh, some other weird food I read about and, uh, they never responded. And, no. uh, I recently saw because they have this, what, what's his name? Ross Matthews is like the yeah. new sidekick on that show. And they were trying like candy flavored. Uh, Mac, craft mac and cheese the other day. And I'm like, oh, hold okay. on a second. Yeah. 
you're watching the Drew Barrymore talk show and she's on there testing foods with a different person. Yep. It's done. It is over. Yeah, buddy. I don't know. I think it might be over. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's over. I, I know hold, it's over. Hold the phone. I just pulled up her hotline. We're calling it yeah. right Let's now. call. Let's We're see. Let's it. pitch. No, I do you really want to call the hotline. Oh, that would no be, hotline. let's not do it. Let's, 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 let's spare Jason <laughs> that. I already emailed them. I already tried. Yeah. You already, so it's you're already, done. Yeah. It is done. Food dude is dead. Well, if there's any consolation, uh, Nev Campbell has a talk show starting. Oh, Maybe you can get on that. <laughs> Does she really? No. Oh, I got excited for a second. Yeah. Yeah. What if, what if Nev Campbell had a talk show and then AP Mike was on eating snacks? <laughs> I'd be happy for AP Mike. Oh, uh, you I wouldn't. Would. You'd be. No, I wouldn't. Not you would not be happy. <laughs> no. You'd not be happy. Not one bit. So how about you, Mike? A dumb luck story? I don't even know why you have to ask this, Tom. The best show has been oh, my God. dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> right? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you may not see it that way. Well, I guess we both had dumb luck <laughs> that day. No, but, uh, this is the thing. This guy, I say, hey, I need somebody to screen calls. And I throw it out. I throw a line out. And this guy... Says, yeah, I, I can come do it. And then he comes and does it. He doesn't say two words. And it's fine, but he did a good job screening the calls. He was very professional. And then you thought that was it. And I was like, man, you want to come back next week? Well, no, I think, I think your parting words that first show was, I'll be in touch. And you thought that was, oh, yeah, I thought that was it. Yeah. That's the kiss off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you even said that you were going to look at a few people. Yeah, I wanted to see what was out there. But yeah. Then I was like, that guy, that guy had it. All right, look, that's a that's a very sweet uh, example of dumb luck. It's very sweet of you, Mike. I I had dumb luck leaving the best show that time on election night when I should have, by all rights, died in that car crash. That was dumb luck that I survived that. Yeah. Oh, I've had the life harrowing things too. I mean, I mm-hmm. I've talked about my cousin falling asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. How I woke her up as we were entering the woods. <laughs> yeah. And we spun across the Garden State Parkway. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's another one I had one time I was walking down the street in Brooklyn and I was going to meet a friend and I saw them at the end of the, they were a few buildings, a few, a few brownstones away. And I didn't realize that a kid was swinging a baseball bat behind me. And almost pulled back and hit me in the head. He said, he said that bat was one inch from your head. Like that would have just, wow. I would have been knocked out and who knows what would have happened. Would have been like getting hit in the head with a bat. Why was he swinging the bat? I mean, he was, Kid, they were horsing around pretending oh. to play baseball. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Not realizing I was walking by ah. and, um, they had their back to me and yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so yeah, dumb luck. It's something, the thing, the sliver that separates good fortune from bad fortune. It is, it is, uh, razor thin sometimes. And just like Ray Davies said, where he said, uh, 
was it Ray Funk Davies? Is that, does he go by? <laughs> he was just like, he said, success goes hand in hand with failure. And it was, it's, uh, it's very true. It's very true. These things, the good and the bad, a problem never comes along without a gift in its hands. I've heard interesting times. Are they not really? So. <laughs> Pat, any calls? Any good calls? Yeah, line two. Hello, best show. Hi. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good. To whom am I speaking? Uh, it's Rachel from Providence. Rachel from Providence. How are you tonight, Rachel? I'm good. Who's your favorite Rachel of all time? Rachel Vice? Rachel oh. Green? Who are your oh. hero? Who was in your hall of fame for Rachel's? That's a good question. I mean, Rachel Vice is pretty beautiful mm-hmm. and a damn good actor. Yes. Um, I think there's not, what other Rachel's, not a very common name. Rachel Green. <laughs> she, the character from Friends? Yes, the character from Friends, Rachel Green. She's okay. Every one of your haircuts is the Rachel, though, right? Isn't it funny like that? No matter what haircut you get, it's still the Rachel. It's true, yeah. I get, even when I give it my haircut to myself, it's you the gave Rachel. Rachel gave herself a Rachel. Rachel sandwich. Yeah. So what's uh, what's going on tonight, Rachel? Um, I had a story that I thought might fall into your dumb luck category. Oh, let's hear it. I was 14, and I was a major Ben Folds fan. I went to all of his concerts and any of his appearances on the East Coast. And one day my parents drove me down from Massachusetts to Jersey to go see him in, like, Good Morning America. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got to meet him, and it totally made my day. And I was like, hey, I'm going to your Newport show in Rhode Island. I'll see you there. And he was like, okay. And I go, I'm go. i at the Newport show, and I'm just waiting outside. And I noticed, like, a bunch of the venue folks are looking at me. And I get a little weirded out, but I was 14 and just, like, had no clue what was going on until a cop came up to me and started to ask me questions and bring me down to the police station for a scalping ticket. And I had no sort of idea on me because I didn't drive, and all I had was, like, my Shaw's grocery uh, badge that said Rachel. Okay. And I was like, this is all the idea I have. And he's like, I'm taking you in for scalping. I'm like, no, my parents drove me here. They're inside. And he said, I've heard that before. And as but you're, how, like, you're, you're, how old are you at this point? If you don't mind saying like about how old? I was 14. So he's bringing in a 14 year old for scalping. Yeah. Because I was, I was wearing a black shirt and jeans and he said some lady called in a, a woman wearing black shirt and jeans. Oh, stop. These cops. There's 5,000 reasons why these cops got to knock it off. And that's 
that's the one of the most harmless ones, but it's one of the it's one of them. Well, I was coming. Dude. I was like, he's leading me away, fourteen year old. When yeah. I hear someone say, "Hey, I know her. What are you doing?" and it was Ben Folds. Oh, he that's amazing! Coming, yeah, he's coming down the street to like mm-hmm. get ready for the show. And then he arrested Ben Folds, probably. <laughs> right. Look, if I would have heard a story about Ben Folds getting arrested, I would have considered that a uh, that's a that's a good that's a good news story. <laughs> as long as you put the handcuffs behind his back, he can't play that piano. <laughs> Seriously, though, when he's like, never, never has a lyric fit my opinion of an artist. Then I want my money back. <laughs> I was like, yeah, good idea. Where's where's the refund desk? No, it's just not for me. His thing's just not for me. I like uh the good stuff. Um so you went to see, so you so he saved you from arrest. Yeah. And so I got to go on the show and I thanked him and then I snuck into the VIP area and watched the show from there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a great night, and I remember when I was leaving, the event staff looked at me and they said, don't you think you've gone away with enough tonight? You can get away with anything. A nice smile. You know what you should have said? You think I'm getting away with stuff. How much of that, how much of the, uh, the catering cheesecake are you guys going to uh, take home tonight? Oh, the uneaten man. catering cheesecake. So I go to an event. I go to an event. I see the crew hovering around, licking their chops at the table, saying like, mm, we, we're going to grab all this stuff before we take it. I smash my fist right in the cheesecake. <laughs> and I say, take that home to your family. Then I smash the upside down cake. <laughs> the two staples of venue catering. No, I bet some of them still did bring it home. And then I say, I want my money back. <laughs> what song was that? What's that song called? Um, is it Black T-shirt? It's been... You know what it's called. Song for the Dumped. Ah. Uh, I've met Ben Folds. I used to hang out with those guys all the time. Yeah. Well, he hasn't called the show yet. You haven't cashed that chip. <laughs> Mike is barely knows the guy who threw up on David Lynch and he gets him to call in. You should, you should get Ben Foles to call up to confirm the story. Things are not going well for him now. He actually works at a, uh, <laughs> he actually works at a gap and it literally is Ben Folds. He's <laughs> <laughs> just on a, one of those. It's his, it's his job description now. Ben Folds. Man, my Ben Folds material is tight. You gotta give me, you gotta give me credit. I just rolled off six Ben Folds jokes, not knowing that Ben Folds was gonna come up at any point. You got a tight five on Ben Folds. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Harsh. It was harsh, though. Harsh but fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Oh, hold on a minute. So the the world's the world's biggest music snob I've ever met now suddenly is you're being too harsh on Ben Folds. Yeah. Oh, I mean, spare I mean, me. I mean, it was like hey, machine gun. Ease up. Ease machine gun. Ease up. <laughs> Guy, I never saw anybody take more pleasure. He watched this movie. This AP Mike watched this movie, Nomadland, which I haven't seen. I never saw anybody take more glee in dismantling a movie that everybody likes. Oh, it's terrible. No, I don't want to hear Mike. I didn't see it yet. Maybe it's the best movie. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's the worst movie. <laughs> All right. But I saw, oh, I know you thought it was terrible. I saw your, I saw, I saw your, uh, Unabomber tracked on it on, on Twitter. <laughs> the Unabomber didn't go off on tangents more than you did. <laughs> but, but you see this all the time where these movies are highly praised and it's like you watch it. It's like, did, did they see the same movie? I don't get it. I you saw know, a movie. It. Yeah, I get it. Like, I know it. I know exactly what it's like. I've been. I mean, uh, the Shape of Water. I mean, you know, that was another one. recently. Shape one. of Water is not bad. Birdland. Birdland. Birdman. Oh, oh Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Birdman. Yeah. I Birdman wasn't for me. Title. Birdman wasn't for me. Um, La La Land. Yeah, I didn't like. I I did like the scene where uh where uh what's his face was teaching the uh the uh black musicians about jazz. Uh, I thought that was a very I thought that was a great plot device. Um to, to him teaching them about the authenticity yeah. and how yeah. they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um great great plot uh <laughs> element. The um I saw Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar the other day, and that oh, that was so good. It's so funny. I loved it so much. We have to watch it again. I feel like I'll watch it so again. Much. I don't want to pay another twenty bucks for it. Right? You got to rent it. It's expensive. Yeah. And you get it for two days. I rented it, or I did it once. You can't. You can't throw it to me for for a month. You want some, or like get loyalty points. Like if you rewatch yeah. the same thing, it gets cheaper. Where's my, exactly, that's exact. thank you, Rachel. Where, why, why, why do I gotta pay 20 again? Why, why not just make it five on the, on the re-rental? And then you own it. Yeah. But I think that movie, I loved it. it. I think, I think, uh, Kristen Wiig is heavyweight, uh, champion of comedy. She's so, I, 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 you see someone can do, can be so funny with the smallest physical turn. It is a, she is, it is a master class when she's doing her thing. I agree. And the fact that she was the villain and she looked completely unrecognizable. Yeah. It's she became so good. a totally different person. Yeah, no, she's, she's so amazing. I, love, I can't, I can't love her more. Um, and Annie Momolo's so funny. And I was glad to see her, them have their partnership. It loved it so much. Dudio, did you see it? I loved it. He it's loved one of the best. It's one of, I don't know. I haven't laughed yeah. like that the whole pandemic. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, it was great. It really was like, um, it was like Anchorman or Step Brothers, just really like the jokes were so on point and but were not jokey jokes in the way that they just didn't feel overly written. Like it had a, such a good flow to it. 
That's my pick to click. And with uh, Jamie Dornan, so Jamie good. Jamie Dornan was so good in it. Yeah. So good. He's now like, uh, that was like his Channing Tatum moment where now you're like, <laughs> oh, that guy's really funny. I would watch him in funny stuff. You should check it, Mike, see if your guy has it in a trunk. <laughs> you know what? I, I saw the guy. I, I'm not working at Masses currently, but uh, I did. he popped in. Uh, the first time I saw him since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, yeah, he was down in the dumps. I mean, he's uh, mm-hmm. he really took it hard, his business. That could mean a lot of things, though, when you talk about these, these people. Hey, he's down in the dumps. It could be just like, could be like a Staten Island garbage rats, uh, center. And we never heard back from Sal, did we? No. No, we never did. We never heard back from Sal. Oh, Sal, Wait, Sal's, Sal's calling, what? Sal's calling in next week. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for the heads up. I'm excited now. Have Sal, the one and only Sal, next week. Yeah, Pat's Sal Volcano. Who's been working it? Pat's been working this. Pat. This is what I'll say, Pat. I tip my hat to you. You're the only one of these three that has shown any initiative to go and get someone to call. They're not doing these pie in the sky ones where I look and it's, it's, it's Mike harassing Bill Clinton trying to get him to. Oh, Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco. <laughs> Let me get him. You know, he's not at the, he's not at the car wash every day. Cause he's got his Vegas car wash, right? Yeah. 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 Could you imagine <laughs> that guy? <laughs> See some Andro in your cup holder after you're done. <laughs> Actually, now I'm thinking Lenny Dykstra has a car wash, too. Maybe I can get him. What, do all these guys have car washes? <laughs> it's a thing, yeah. Where's my car wash? Ra- Rachel, where's my car wash? That's a movie title. It's, there's probably one for sale somewhere. Dude, where's my car wash? No, Rachel, where's my car wash? Rachel, ben where's my one. car If ben, ben Folds... I would go to Ben Folds' car wash... And I would say, I want my money back <laughs> and see if anybody thought it was funny. And I'd be like, no, seriously, the floor, the, the, the floors, they're not clean. They didn't do a good job vacuuming my car. <laughs> I'd go and I go, I want my money back. And everybody go, Oh, very good. Very good. I'd be like, no, seriously, this is the worst car wash I've ever gotten. <laughs> I don't think it'll last long. Yeah. Hey, Tom, can I ask uh, the audience uh, a quick favor? Could you not tweet the Drew Barrymore show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, please don't. In all seriousness, don't do that. That's not cool. We're we're joking about it on the show. Don't don't make that a thing. It's a a, a, seriously. I'm sorry if I brought it up and led to that, Jason. No, Uh, no, not at all. I because I'm um, I'm completely honest about it. But uh, yeah, no, we were we were just just, but just don't do that because it just it just it's bad form for Jason. It makes it look like he's uh, he's Jason's a pro and he's not he's not moaning about it. I'm the one that brought it up. He didn't bring it up. So. Old Tom's asking you a favor. Please don't, uh, please don't do that. Sorry about that, Jason. No, 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 it's fine. Now I get, now I gotta make you happy. 
Because the because Drew Barrymore thing. What do you what do you want? What what do you want? I mean, I'll I'll think about it. I mean, I'll come up with a list. Oh boy. Hey Tom, yeah. did you see did you see Zappa yet? The documentary. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I saw it. I saw it a couple months ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just saw it. it not that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not that good. <laughs> well. You know what it was? They it, they were really leaning hard on, oh, he's a classical composer, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was that was kind of boring. I mean, yeah, it's a classical composer. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun dun dun. Diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Dun 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 dun. Dun dun dun. I watched a Letterman appearance with Moon Moon and Frank. And it's hilarious, right? She was so good on yeah, it. Yeah. And then he comes out and he starts going, well, you know, a lot of times I would work on a thing and it would be so and he, like he immediately he's so boring uh-huh. and she's legitimately hilarious on it saying just like, well, my goal is to kind of do a Hawaiian punch commercial or something like, yeah, and like yeah. Letterman, like Letterman is just like l- laughing He's he's legitimately amused by how funny she is because she was being really funny, and then Frank had to just be Frank, and it's just like, you know, uh, I would do shows, and a lot of the times we do the show, it's like, oh, what is this guy talking about? I don't know if it's uh, other ones, but I, I think I, I've seen some Letterman where he's kind of funny too, you know, where Zappa is. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a whole video where they combined all his Letterman appearances. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I saw it. I, 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 and I, I, I'm and I think there were there was some legitimate ones where he was funny, too. And I'm like, oh, OK, you know, he can be funny, not yeah, in his music, not, not not in his music. I, I, I'm with you there. No, no. What do you what what's your favorite? What are you you is you is what you is. You is what you ain't. <laughs> no, I mean, we. We listen to those records. I, I tried to listen to them, even even back way back when. Like Joe's I, Garage. Yeah, I have friends who are into it, you know. And, and my, my brother was into it. Yeah. We had a few records. We had the Captain Beefheart, you know, Freak mm-hmm. Out, you know, the early ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Bongo Fury. Bongo Fury, right? Yeah, that's the one with Beefheart, right? Yeah, no, Mike, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know you do. But Mike, I'm, I study, I study Captain Beefheart, I, and I'm the one who's not sure. I'm the one who's not sure. I yeah. study my Captain Beefheart and my Kevin Smith. I quiz myself before every best show <laughs> to make sure I can, I can talk the talk. <laughs> you know, spit them out. Yeah, I got to get my <laughs> who's the security guard in, uh, in, in uh, Mallrats. Oh, it's Lafour's. Wow. You is what you is. Yeah, he's not good. Um, Pat, we got any other calls? We have two more, and they know to uh, wrap it up. That's good. They know this is the end. But we Here still we have go. Rachel on. Oh, Rachel, thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Night. Of course. Uh, take care. She was a good call. Great call. Best show, hi. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Sorry to uh, call so late in your show. You don't apologize for anything. What's your name? This is Jason. I'm in Inglewood, California. Jason in Inglewood, California. Very fancy uh, 
Inglewood, home of who? Forum. The, the fabulous Forum. Yep. Okay. So, uh, to what do I owe the pleasure of this call? Um, I've got one for the topic. I think fits the bill. Let's hear it. All right. Um, when I was young and stupid, I decided to try to take a long train hopping trip from Oakland, California to Tucson, Arizona in the middle of the summer. Train hopping? You mean just like like running through the rail yard and getting in a, a car and yeah, eating, a, eating car. a can of beans around the uh, fiery garbage can? Yeah, that would have been an upgrade from the food I had on, on the trip. What did you eat? Leaves. Um, me and my friend, we went to a, a bakery dumpster and, and got some bagels, some stale bagels. Okay. And I think we had a gallon of water each. And where was it? Where did this trip start? Well, we started in Oakland, California. Okay. At night, we we knew some people who had done this a number of times and gave us tips and maps and what to do and not to do and bring weaponry and uh, they didn't estimate um, they didn't help us estimate how much food and water we needed we needed mm-hmm. a lot more than what we had okay so how did it go how, what, you you jumped on a you jumped on like a railway uh, on a on like a a car, like a like an empty. Yeah, freight train. And, um, and how yeah, did it go? What ha- what what happened? Well, Tell me everything. Uh, it was rough. Uh, at nighttime, we 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 it was fun, and the stars were out, and you know, starting a trip like that, it's like wow, this is cool. Mm-hmm. You have to go north first, up to I think it was Roseville, where the. Uh, separate line that goes to Arizona uh, meets up there. So we had to go north for a southerly trip. And we were like, this is cool. And then we got off a train and tried to figure out one that was on the track that we were looking for. Um, And it took many, many, many hours. We were there through the entire night just waiting. Trying to find a train going where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, I guess. Um, and is the but is the yard left. dick going around looking to clonk you with his nightstick? Um, yeah, we could see people in the distance. We were just sort of like hiding out, mm-hmm. um, hiding behind some some shrubs. <laughs> were there other people riding the rails that you were uh, that you were sharing the experience with outside of you and your friend? Um, not, we could see some other people kind of milling around in the yard, but we were just, mm-hmm. we had heard just kind of stick to ourselves and try not to interact, um, from some folks we knew who had some altercations and run-ins. Mm-hmm. I actually... Unsavory characters. Mm-hmm. I did, I did the same thing once. I, I have not really talked about it on the air, um... I I hopped a train out in uh it was the Palm Springs area. I uh 
hopped a train and was on it with this old guy. And I got to say, he was a nice guy, but he was very annoying. And he kept singing songs and he kept doing, uh, she'll be coming around the mountain. And I finally jumped off the, uh, jumped out of the train because I couldn't take it anymore. But by that point, I realized I was, uh, in Texas, right where I was trying to go the whole time. So I got to my destination. (laughs) Dumb luck. Well, um, he made, he made the, uh, the trip go smooth, I guess. Yeah. It was right by the Alamo is where, uh, it let out. And it actually helped a lot. Um, do you ever see the wrong guy? That movie, the Dave Foley movie. Great movie. Yeah, yeah. Was that straight I to have. VHS? Was that what? Straight to VHS. Uh, well, I mean, it was in theaters in Canada. It was. Uh, I think it was a, a oh, hit okay. movie in Canada. Yeah. Well, there, there is think. a train hopping scene where he where he eats tainted ham. I don't remember that. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's, uh, you know, he's on the, on the lamb and he mm-hmm. gets on a freight train full of ham, but it was, uh, uh, ham that was going back because it was bad, but he okay. ate it and ends up in the hospital. Anyway, something similar to me, something mm-hmm. similar to that happened to me. Um, we finally found a train that was going the right direction. We're like, okay, we heard that this, this line is the one that's going to go to Arizona. So, all right, hop on. Um, well, that's look. You had an adventure, but what was the what was the dumb luck for you with that? The dumb luck. Well, all right, we 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 went all day on this train, and basically we drank all our water each, and it was getting hot, hot, and mm-hmm. hot, and hot. Um, you know, well over a hundred. We're just out there eating some crappy bagels and drank all our water. So we end up getting to Bakersfield and we're out of water. We're hot as hell. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden the train stops. It had just been moving all day, all day, all day. Well, I guess it had to make some sort of stop. So it stops. We're sitting there for five minutes, 10 minutes. We're like, you know what? Uh, this might be our last chance to get more water. You better, we better like, go try to find a tap, fill up our jugs, and get get back to the train as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. So we, we determined that was, you know, necessary. We, we had to get some more water. We were out. So um, we just chanced it, grabbed all our stuff, ran off the train, um, found some water a couple blocks away, filled up our jugs, ran back to the train. And as we're heading toward it, we could the train start up um, mm-hmm. and by the time we got back to it it was we were running alongside it it was definitely going too fast we couldn't get on so there we were stuck in Bakersfield um, long story short that day I ended up in um, extreme hallucinations that night ended up in the hospital I had a heat stroke and if that, um, and just got IV bags, uh, basically ended up on a, on a, uh, Greyhound bus back up to Oakland with my tail between my legs. And I'm picking up on a whole lot of dumb luck here. Well, here's the thing. The train 
stopped. We were out of water. We got off mm-hmm. that train. Okay. Yeah, All it right. sucked. You know, if I hadn't been in the hospital, I'd be out in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the fact that we couldn't get back on the train was was mm-hmm. the dumb luck. We thought we were yeah. to be on. Well, you it, had a uh, you had a rougher time of it. The guy I was with, Hobo Jack, was uh, a <laughs> kindly old sort. But just kept singing those songs, was driving me up the wall. Yeah. Did you cut his throat? No, no, I just jumped off the train to get away from him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I had my little bindle. <laughs> Look, it was a weird time for me. Somebody stole my bike, and I was trying to track it down, and I kind of got in over my head and went a little further than I probably should have in terms of trying to... F- get my bike back, but I really did like that bike. Was it one of those ones that looks like a motorcycle? It's got that plastic fake gas, gas can, uh, gas tank. It had, it had a, it had a, uh, it had a, it had everything on it. It, it, could, it, could, it could launch oil from it. If you grab the handle, a new one would pop out. <laughs> um, it just did so many. It was the best bike ever. Oh man. Well, Thanks for the call, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, have a grand evening. Final call, final call. Do you know what I'm talking about, Pat, Jason? What, a bindle? No, with my little my little story I just told there. I knew, that was, uh, I knew what you were Pee-wee's referencing. Big Adventure. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was the plot of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. The trade stopped right out in front of the Alamo. Yeah. All right. Final call. Here we go. Best show. Hi. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good. Who's this? This is Justin, uh, brother of Eric, who called earlier. Justin, uh, brother of the artist Eric. That's right. Eric uh, White. That's the one. Yep. The very talented artist. He is, and he's incredible. What's it like to be talented like that? I don't know. I'll never know. I'll never know. Most of us never will. No, I wish I could. I wish I could know. You, you have other talents. Um, Do I? I'm reminding you right now via text to, to tell you that if, to get a good sense of the Michigan accent, uh, go to Jim Harbaugh in the in Melk. That's, okay, that's the Melk is, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and Come on, my here, Brady. From, from, Come on. Sorry. You drink all the milk your little stomach can hold. Your little belly can hold. All the milk. You drink chocolate milk. 2% milk. But mostly the whole milk. Oh, it's so disturbing. You got anything else for me, Justin? Well, I do. I, I, I have a double uh, my dumb luck. Story that involves you. Well, give me, plan. give me, you, give me your best shot right now. We're over. We're in overtime. I know. I don't, wanna, I don't want to pay these guys time and a half. <laughs> well, it involves your good friend Kurt Vile, and um, I, I drove once from with a friend named Jason. Actually, lots of Jasons from San Francisco to like Fresno. I think three and a half hours, and saw Kurt play one of my favorite shows of all time in all of rock and roll at this tiny club. And then hung around for a bit after, and he came up and started talking to me and my friend. And then we wound up going to a party with him and the band 
uh, for the rest of the night, you know, till dawn. And so that was the initial dumb luck. But the, the doubly lucky thing was that, oh, well, well, Kurt, Kurt was, uh, was DJing the party the whole night with the, the, the guy whose house it was had a great record collection and Kurt was putting on records for hours and it was really fun. And at one point I just saw him out of the corner of my eye pick up his guitar and head off to some weird room. And of course I followed, which was maybe creepy, but I got to see him play, uh, in a room with about, I guess there were five of us, um, and played Baby's Arms and some other oldies and some others that he's never released. And it was just amazing. So that's amazing. That's so for, cool. For turning, it was really cool. I have to thank now, you Kate. for turning me on to Kurt Vile and my brother for turning me on to you. That is awesome. Well, KV's the best. He's the best. He's got good stuff. There's going to be good times coming for fans of KV. It's good stuff on the horizon. He's, he's, uh, his helmet, uh, sorry, his signature is on my motorcycle helmet right next to yours and and John Worcester's. Wait, I signed your motorcycle helmet? Yeah, I saw you guys when you, when the live show came through San Francisco. I gave you a sure that was me? (laughs) Pretty sure. I don't think I ever signed a motorcycle helmet. You asked me a couple of times if I was sure if I wanted you. Well, that sounds like me. That that was me. Just like you also signed the CD that I bought. Um, yeah, well, you signed my motorcycle helmet. Really, you're sure about that? That's that's definitely that was definitely me. Well, it's you, John, Kurt, and Cool Keith are the four people I have. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a very, that's a that's a great company to be in. I, I'll say. So, and I also want to thank you for the sticker. I got the sticker yesterday. Oh, you're before. sweet. We, we've we been sending them out. Either I touch that sticker or AP Mike touch that sticker. That makes me happy. It's good to know. Okay. I'm making a collage of AP Mike's uh, portrait, the headshot portrait. Is this for the gonna... police? What is this for? Well, it's back when he was talking about doing a second calendar, and there was an idea to send in artwork. So I started it then, and I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, that site, the apmike.bandcamp.com, is that still an active concern, Mike? Yeah, it's still going. Still getting any orders? I sent out a book today. Okay. Well, people should check it out. There's still stuff up there. He's still got merch. <laughs> He's still got calendars from five years ago. <laughs> the calendars are done. You maybe reminisce about what what the past was like. The shirts are essentially done, too. The shirts are done. The calendars are done. He's got headshots. Headshots, believe it or not, are still there. Yeah. All right. Well, Justin, thank you so much for the call. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for everything. Uh, Have a grand evening. You you make my life better. Well, you're sweet to say that. Uh, We're all going to get there, buddy. We're all going to get there. It's true. We will. We'll all get there. Thank you. All right. Bye. So... Thanks, everybody. Is that it, Pat? That's it for the calls? Finito. Thanks, everybody, for calling. This is a good show. This is a fun show. I wonder if uh, we'll see what happens next week. Apparently, there's some excitement to, with uh, uh, guests that I uh, was going to be a surprise. Wouldn't wouldn't be the end of the world if uh, if uh, the other two guys stepped it up with, a, with another surprise guest. What if you all had surprise guests next week? What if everybody had one week? To get a guest. I've got a little something in the works. Well, let's see if you can make it work for next week. Let's see if next week will work. 
I don't know. God knows what duty I was going to get to call. <laughs> I might pull some strings. All right. Well, if, maybe I, if that's the deal the for next week, I let's do. Yeah. All right. Let's pull. Let's see who can do what next week. Okay. Very exciting. I love it. All right. Thanks everyone for listening and thanks for supporting the show at patreon.com slash the best show. We got, uh, exclusive content going up all the time now. Meet my friends of friends is back and there are a lot of episodes in the can and they're coming up and they're only going to get funnier and funnier and funnier. I promise you that it's just the beginning with, with that, uh, season four will wrap out relatively soon. Um, we got uh, so far coming back. We should have a new one of them uh, within a week, and the that's the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young recap uh, catalog recap exploration podcast, which we've been doing, and it's so much fun. New one coming very shortly, and yeah, thanks everybody for listening. We will be back next week. I say good night to you. Good night. No, no music on the way out either. Wait, no, maybe I will play something on the way out. I'll play something on the way out, and then we'll fade it down. How's that sound? Does that sound like a good deal? Works for me. Okay. Well, as long as it works for you. You want to play something off of uh, Stephen Stills' Right By You album? My God. I don't. No, I don't. I really don't. Ugh. All right. Don't give it away yet. <laughs> Don't give it away yet, Mike. There were moments. Best show will be back next week.